Uh, so now it's time to go through our Hold group on. build. Yeah, no worries. <clears throat> My dumb ass was muted and I was talking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cat meowing in the background here if that makes you feel any better. Oh, I can't hear him. He stopped. All right, you're fired. Yeah. I think we fire him about every episode, don't we? You know, you first you burn our capital, and now you do this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you bastard. I think it's because you don't have that cool jumper on again. What, I'm just the, the jumper for 12 years. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Is that any better? Do nothing. Say nothing. Touch well, nothing. We need him to say stuff. <laughs> okay, say some things. Don't do anything else. <sighs> I'm tired. I hope it's not too obvious. I'm exhausted. So I f***ed up the episode four times. <laughs> yeah. You, at, least at least I didn't do that. I'm just sleepy. I guarantee you that one's going on the front of the episode. <laughs> Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Triple P. We're excited to be back with our 33rd episode. I'm Doug, and I am joined by my fellow Posse members, Ivan, TJ, John, and Scott. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How about everybody else? No complaints. It's getting cold over here, but no, I'm I'm all happy. Telford soon, so I'm brilliant. TJ, what you been up to? Oh, not a whole lot. I'm doing all right, I suppose. JB, you, you moved? You're getting set up? We're getting close. By the time this episode drops, you know, I'll be all moved in. I'm pretty sure Scott will actually be visiting that night and we will probably be having a uh, Facebook live session. So yeah, a lot of exciting things coming within the next couple of days. So super excited. Awesome. You guys get any work done? Any any models built? Any any fun that way? I'm in a fun free zone right now. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, started work on my um, Achilles 2C for our group build. How about you, Ivan? I've been getting things ready for Scale Model World. Um, so I'm taking three builds with me, three of my vignettes. And I just thought if I'm entering them into the competition, I just want to make sure they are as good as they can be. So I've been doing minor improvements, making sure they're all, like I say, as good as they can be. Remove any areas I'm not entirely happy with. I've rebased them, repainted them. I've added some bits here and there. That's all I've been doing for the week. It's going to be a busy build-up for next weekend, but um, I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. How about you, TJ? Um, yes, I believe since the last time we recorded, I finished the Asuka M4 composite uh, that I got from Steve when we were in Vegas. I think it turned out pretty good. I really liked it. Uh, I sent the pictures to the owner of Asuka, Tamami, and he ended up using them for a little advert on Facebook and Instagram and their website. So that was pretty cool. Sweet. He's in the big leagues now. (laughs) 
I'm just waiting to see that. one on a box art. I think that's the next step there. <laughs> that, that would be pretty cool. I don't know if that'll <laughs> happen, but that would be sweet. All right. Today we are joined in the head deputy hot seat by our old friend, John Bias of uh, John Bias Scale Models on YouTube. How you doing, John? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me on. Oh, welcome. Well, welcome back, John. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, it's what, third time I think I've, I've been able to join y'all and I'm, I'm really grateful. I told yeah, my wife, of- I, I said, I'm going to be on the Plastic Posse podcast again. And she said, oh, they couldn't get anybody else. So I said, yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, you are an original member. I think it was episode four that you were, that you joined us for. And then you were on our uh, Star Wars yeah. round table. Yeah. That was a lot yeah. of fun. That was fun. I think uh, a little side note here. I think we should get. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers this bit from the '90s on SNL when Tom Hanks hosted for the fifth time. He was uh, invited to the Five Timers Club, and they gave him a little smoking jacket that said Five Timers" on it. So, I think anyone that is uh, a guest on Triple P, you can get a for five times. We get you, you can join the Five Timers Club. So, hopefully, that'll be you first, John. I'm almost there. <laughs> As always, we're here to talk about scale modelling, the best hobby there is. Uh, and for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, the days are getting cooler and the nights are getting longer. Any chance that that has translated into any more bench time for any of you lot? Uh, actually, no. I've had significantly less bench time lately uh, just because of work. And my mom's visiting, so I've been spending time with her. So that's that's what I, that's everything I got going on now. You got to get your priorities straight, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I you know, was kind of hoping to get 24 builds done, but it's November now, and that's not going to happen. I'll be lucky if I get one more by the end of the year. I'm in the same boat as TJ. The bench has been quiet because it doesn't exist, but that doesn't stop me from spending money on the hobby. So that's <laughs> that's continuing at an accelerated rate. But no, it's all good, and if anything, I just I just like seeing what you guys are doing, so that's that's my hobby for right now. JB, when you drive across the country for the move, do you search out hobby stores all the way across or do you just try to get where you're going? Unfortunately, this time it was get where you're going. However, if I'm not traveling across the country with my wife, typically if I travel for work, I have some time, I will go find the local hobby shop and spend money that I that's burning a hole in my pocket as always. But no, I've made up for it though because I've bought a lot of stuff online. Got I, Today, I just got in Alpine Miniatures uh, U.S. NCO set, which is really nice. Highly recommended. Comes with eight eight bottles of paint, Alpine miniatures figure, and a little SBS. So I'm I'm super stoked to get on that. Uh, what else did I buy? I bought a old Sovereign resin Panzer 3A. It it's probably going to be a terrible build, but I'm a sucker for old resin. And uh, the other thing I bought was I finally jumped on probably the last time you can for. Spencer Pollard's um, Legacy Diorama book. Scott's had that for a while, and I didn't pull the trigger earlier because I was moving and I didn't know when it would get released. And now that I, now looking back, I'd say 2020, I really regret not buying the first copy with the prints, but I'm happy I got this one and I'm looking forward to it. John, have you seen that book? No, I haven't. I haven't. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Take a look at that one over at Spencer's The Kit Box uh, blog that he does. Um, I've got it. It's, It's incredible. It really captures that excitement of when we were new in the hobby and you know we were just kind of seeing what we could do and building our skill set so i I spent the weekend and into this week uh, traveling to chicago for business so i haven't really been up to much i mentioned i did get a little bit of work done on my achilles but doug what what have you been working on 
um, frustrating myself. That's what I've been working on. I decided I'm going to kick it into gear and finally get that Spitfire done for our group build. And I finished up the cockpit. I fiddled with that stinking harness, that photo etch harness for about an hour and a half to get it to stay put. It just kept popping off. I picked it up off the floor 15 times. And it turns out I put, you know how you've got the cockpit walls are different whether you're going to have an open cockpit or a closed cockpit. Well, I chose a closed cockpit, only apparently on one side I put the open cockpit wall on and the cockpit will not fit the way it's built. So that or I put a piece in the wrong spot in the cockpit. So I'm going to do a little surgery to get that sucker to fit because it ain't to me as fault. We all know that. Otherwise, that was that was my project for the week. Uh, that's what I've been fiddling with. I'm excited about it, but a little frustrated right now. John, what have you been? What have you been doing for those of us that haven't been caught up on your blogs, your vlogs? I've been. Uh, I'm finishing up when when this comes out. I will have finished the uh, Star Wars Legion L A A T slash L E, or as I call it, the Lodley. Um, that's a that's a great kit. And then I've got uh, a Wave Machining Krieger S A F S that I'm doing uh, for Patreon. That I'm I'm just that's just that's just like screaming weather me so i'm having a lot of fun with that i didn't understand anything you said but it sounds awesome (laughs) (laughs) build models weather (laughs) i just don't i just i'm not educated in the sci-fi world so i i need to i need to brush up it's basically i built a spaceship and a stompy robot man so i mean it's you know it's you just you just weather them i mean i like the subjects but i'm more interested in the weathering i mean you could give me a milk carton and you know, put some greeblies on it and I'll weather it. You got to get John one of those uh, Bandai cup of noodles kits. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for dumbing it down for an armor model. There you go. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, you would you would probably like some of the machining Krieger stuff because the armor stuff just just applies directly to it. There's there, You may have seen some of the vehicles that are in the machining Krieger line. And uh, I, I mean, it's just... It's just stompy armor. That's that's all it is. And, you know, nobody can tell you that that was the shade of dirt in Kursk in 1943. You can put whatever you want on it, and it's it's uh, all you want all the time. <laughs> yeah, I spent some time with Brian Kruger. He's my new neighbor out here, <laughs> and he's a, you know, he's, he's I think he ranks up there as probably one of the best, you know, machine Kruger modelers in the world. And sitting around his collection was absolutely awesome. You know, the yeah. problem is, at least for me, I like some of the, I just like the half egg tank with like the little turd on it, but yeah. they're like wicked expensive. Oh my gosh. Even the 76 scale ones, the old Nito ones, they go for like 70 bucks on eBay. And I'm like, oh man. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. There's, I think that there's one that's in pre-order on Hobby Link Japan. Okay. That is a re-release of one of those. Um, but yeah, they're, because they're from Hazigawa, you know, Hazigawa loves their, their, yeah. their plastic. So you're going to pay especially with shipping, you know, 50, 60 bucks, 70 bucks. But to me, it's it's one of those that I think the build experience is worth the money. If you start thinking in terms of dollars per hour of fun, you know what I mean? Kind of working in that, that ratio, the fun you have is, in my opinion, worth the money. You know, it's, it's all, it's all subjective, but yeah, it's, again, that's just a big round hole and you just, you just throw weathering at it all day and you can never get enough on there. And nobody, nobody can tell you, Oh, that's right or wrong, you know, cause it's all make believe. Right. TJ, you built machining. Those are the ones you took to Nats, right? And you did well with, is that part of the same series? Correct. Just okay. the, the suits though. I've never done the suits. 
John's done some of the bigger vehicles, I guess. And I think you've done a, a croat too, right? Or one's based on the croat because it, it's like got it like four different names depending on what, what gun it's got. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it was the Cooster. Mm. Oh, yes, you're right. It was. Yeah. Or, or it's somebody, I, I called it a Cooster and somebody said, no, it's, it's more of Cooster. And I said, Cooster. <laughs> It's something. It's Cooster. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a walking, stompy-headed big thing. Yeah, I've only ever done the the suits, the like yeah. the SAFS, yeah, and that that type. I've never done. I I like the bigger things. I just I've, I haven't pulled the trigger on one yet. Now, what yeah. do those run for for like a suit for us again? <laughs> dumb it down for us armor modelers. What are we talking here? <laughs> like price wise? Yeah, price wise, like thirty oh, bucks, twenty bucks. Man, I wish. Well, Dang. if you get them again. The, like with the SFAS, right now they've got one called a raccoon that's available for pre-order um, on Hobby Link Japan. It's less than thirty bucks, if I remember right. But you got to pay for the shipping, so it ends up being closer to fifty bucks. Of course, they have their—not that I'm, you know, sponsored by—I'm not sponsored by Hobby Link Japan, but they've got their private warehouse thing. So you you order a bunch of stuff and ship it to yourself all at one time. <laughs> but they're they're reasonable, but they only make a few. It's not like Hazigawa that they just make them and make them and make them and then eventually get over here and they're reasonably priced wave doesn't make a lot and they don't ship a lot because uh lincoln Wright, i was asking him about that one time he said they don't have a lot of storage space so they just make a whole bunch of kits and then just ship them out and so everything's kind of limited run so when you see them for pre-order on hobby link japan if it looks cool or one of the other places that you can pre-order pre-order it because that's the only time you're going to get it yeah, it's just about any other time. You're probably going to spend way too much money, Yep, which I can vouch for because I've done it with pretty much everyone I've bought. Some of them I've bought cheaper, but yeah, yeah, most of them have been, I mean, easily 50 bucks, 60 bucks. I don't know if they're worth that plastic-wise, yeah. but fun-wise to me, it was worth it. Yeah. See, this is dangerous. I'm on Hobby Link's uh, website right now, and they have the Nut Rocker for $53 November yeah. release. I feel like that that's a purchase. <laughs> Well, I know I can go on for Machining Krieger talk all episode, but let's go on to our sponsors, which for this episode, the Plastic Posse is sponsored by Tankcraft. Tankcraft makes the highest quality products for the discerning scale modeler, and we are proud that they are now an official sponsor of the Triple P. So who is Tankcraft? Tankcraft makes beautiful self-healing cutting mats that will take your bench to the next level. Not only do they look amazing, they are made to stand up to your toughest builds. Constructed from heavy-duty laminated 3mm thick PVC, they have excellent self-healing and cut-resistant properties. But the best part is the beautifully rendered blueprint-like drawings of World War II vehicles printed up on the front. Up armor your bench by adding a mat with a Panther or a Tiger I in Panzer Grey, or a T-34-85 or M-4A-3 Sherman in military green. They come in two sizes, 12 by 18 and 18 by 24 inches, with an inch grid and a centimeter border for handy reference. Not a tank guy, not a problem. Tankcraft has you covered with their Aircrafter Series modeler mats. Take your bench to new heights with the mighty P-47D Thunderbolt, P-51D Mustang, or the venerable Spitfire Mark 5B. We've got an exclusive offer for Plastic Posse listeners only. Use the code POSSE15 at checkout for a 15% discount. 
So head on over to tankcraft.com. That's tankcraft.com. Hey, your bench called. It wants a new mat. Episode 33 of the Triple P is also sponsored by Terry Wilkinson, Matt Schaefer, Rick Lewis, Eric Daglish, Jonathan Bryan, and our deputy marshals, the Posse Outriders, Bruce, Grant, Paul, David, Ethan, Jamie, Steve, and Rick. Thank you so much. These Posse members all help us bring you this podcast. If you would like to donate to the Posse, just go to our website, plasticpossepodcast.buzzsprout.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there's a little heart icon. Just click this and then donate any amount you like. That's right, John. And just a reminder, the Posse is just one of several scale modeling podcasts out there. And if you would like to see a list of scale modeling related podcasts, you can head on over to modelpodcasts.com and you'll find the links to many of them as well as some blogs and vlogs. Um, speaking of other podcasts, did any of you guys uh, happen to catch uh, Just Making Conversations a year anniversary issue? I thought that was a really great episode by Malcolm and James. I did. I listened to it. Uh, let's see. When did it release? Yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I listened to, I think, half of it on the way to work. I think I finished it on the way to work this morning. So it was very good. I would like to give another shout out to the Model Geeks because uh, their episode released last weekend that John and I were on. We mentioned, I think, the last time we recorded when that episode came out. I don't think it had come out that theirs had come out yet so theirs came out it's really good they made john and i sound really awesome which you know i guess it's not that hard to do (laughs) those guys are cool and they're costing me more money because i bought some more crap for my skyhawk build that i probably didn't need but i like buying photo etch so i had to buy some photo etch for it be really nice if i could get some decals for it scott (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's go it's going out tomorrow finally believe it or not i think you said that three weeks ago <laughs> yeah, yeah i think it was a little more vague <laughs> I'll, I'll just echo what tj said it was a great time hanging out with the geeks if you guys haven't listened to them stop over to their channel and then also if you're interested join their group build i certainly am and so is tj so armor modelers taking a dip into the forbidden uh you know fountain and i think scott you're joining us and ivan as well doug are you I am in. As a matter of fact, I just ordered a decal sheet for my Hazagawa Skyhawk A4M. Nice. So, John, if you're interested, there's another group build you can join. But like, you probably have like a million projects already. But no, for our listeners, please check out uh, their group. You know, it's being led by Darren and and Whitey and Frildo and Nemo. So, yeah, you two did a really good job on there talking about photography. I enjoyed that episode. It was all John. He's a professional, man. Uh, you can tell you you can tell you'd give a lot of presentations for work. You're you're very good at relaying information. Oh, I just much, fake it until I make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, despite that, you know, I actually feel bad for the geeks because you know, w- along with you know, uh, how can I say this? You know, German red primer scale model photography brings drama as well into uh, into certain worlds of the hobby. So, uh, you know, hey hey boys, sorry if you get any uh, hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be all right. 
<laughs> Doug's over there going, what did you guys do? Uh, but no, it was a really good episode. It was fun. Uh, you know, we went through a lot of the basic techniques of scale model photography for our listeners who have never done it. So highly recommend that uh, episode where we talk everything from kind of lighting to photo tent setup all the way down to cameras and what settings that you need to use to really get some good, uh, you know, good photographs of your model with a little bit of work. Right. So it's now time to bring you up to date with our group builds. And we'll start off with the M3, M4 group build. Uh, this one is sponsored by Value Gear Resin, which, my word, is spectacular. And Steve has been very generous in uh, sponsoring this group build. So, so far, we have 82 individual subjects on the spreadsheet. And everyone's progressed really nicely. And we have had our first completion by the one and only TJ. It looks amazing. Like he said before, that's, it's, that's box art quality stuff. Thank you. I think that's an, an exaggeration. But I am proud to be the the first one done. And if you can see, if you're in the group, I, I think the spreadsheet's linked there. I When we complete them, I'm going to highlight them in yellow. So right now, my entry, one of my entries is the only one in yellow. Makes me feel special. Nice. I think, uh, is Robbie the closest one to you? He's hot on your coattails? Yeah. He, yeah, Robbie's almost there. And I think there's one. Patrick's getting there. people yeah. that are, are getting close. Patrick's close. Yeah, Patrick's yeah. getting pretty close. Yeah, he's breathing down Robbie's neck for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And looking through the spreadsheet, it's good to see we are getting quite a few more of the minor nations being brought in. There, there's some quite quirky subjects going on in there, which is great. We like to see that. How's everyone in here doing with their builds? I keep buying stuff for my builds. I just haven't, <laughs> I just haven't started. But uh, I'm super excited to you know get started. I I think I have all of them started in some way, shape, or form except the Lee. But again, I I really enjoy sitting on the sidelines for now and watching. I hope to. Uh, you know, hit the NOS and catch up with some of them uh, within the next couple of weeks. But it's just a really great group build. And with that, I'll also mention, TJ, I believe we're, we have opened it up to people if they want to join and, and watch. But we just ask new people to respect the rules. Feel free to comment on a lot of stuff and, and join us for this. Correct. Yes. Like John said, anyone can join. The, the group's still private. It's not a, a public group. That's just because easier on our end, my end, I guess. Uh, but yeah, feel you know, feel free to join. And like John said, you know, there, there's rules in the in the group, like that you can look at. You'll see them when you request to join. And yeah, I mean, it's they're they're not anything crazy. It's just just respect those, and, and we'll be good, man. Yeah. So feel you know, anyone feel free check it out. Look at all the cool Shermans being built. There's some good work going on in there. Well, and I've been I've been speaking of Value Gear sponsoring the group build. I think Value Gear sponsoring your build too, man. Steve, <laughs> Steve, I mean, Steve took care of this, you, this man. Crazy generous then as Steve. Yeah, that was he sponsored every build for the foreseeable ten years. But yeah, I've, I've, I've pointed some uh, of the of the resin on my uh, Telford builds as well in the cargo truck. It's just it's so nice. And for those in the UK, you can get Value Gear resin at Fields of Glory Models. So just to let you know if you're based in the UK, you can buy it. Uh, for the other group builds, we'll go to the Ryefield group build and uh, the T-34-85 group build. Uh, we have had a very beautiful finish by uh, Stefan Ortmans. His, uh, that is a glorious T-34. Yeah, yeah it's really sharp. He did a great job. Yeah, I'm impressed, and I'm really happy how that group just keeps on going. You know, we have... Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have... Like, I feel like new members are joining, more people are posting, and I'll be honest, I still have the Chinese variant of the T-34, and I hope to crack that open and maybe come back into the group build. So 
I think it's exceeded my expectations for, you know, not only, you know, community, but quality of builds too. We got a lot of great modelers in there. A lot of, you know, a lot of people willing to share not only, you know, things they've learned about the kit, but also their techniques. So super collaborative group. And, and I look forward to, you know, more people joining. So please, please, please join. And the kits are cheap. I think they're less than 40 bucks over at Spoop Brothers. So, you, you know, you can, you can get them for nothing practically. Yeah, that's um, it's it's a good build. That it's, it's one I've actually not even I don't even own a kit, but I'm in the build. I should really get one because I've always wanted to build a T34. I've just not got around to doing it yet. But yeah, for the uh, if we go over to the Battle of Britain Mark One Spitfire, we have um another completion by a Stefan Ezra Bridal. Um, it's a beautiful. Wait, oh, it's a it's a Mark One Spitfire, which means it's going to be beautiful. Uh, nice black background. It's a very nice build. It's nicely weathered. Nice paint job. Beautifully done. Again, it's nice to see everyone's just moving along with their builds, including Doug himself, uh, moving on with the cockpit and obviously helps if you put the right sidewalls in, but he's cracking on, he's getting it done. It's very true. But if if I fail here, um, I took advantage of Sprue Brothers' incredible price on the uh, Edward Profipack kit. I just ordered one for $27.50. Also, I'll have a second one if I need it, but I don't, practically I won't free. I'm have some fun with this. That's so cheap. Keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's free. <laughs> and um the Thai fighter group build that one's uh, slowed down a bit but there are still people cracking along with it um that are not a group i entered because star wars scares me oh uh real quick if we can circle back to the m3 m4 build i am looking for 25 pounder ammunition i, I resicast makes some i get it sounds like that's the only people in the world that do um <clears throat> if anyone ha- knows where i can find some please reach out to us. Um, I, I got to put some, I'm building a Sexton too. The kit doesn't come with any, and I want to put some, there's a lot of empty space in there. So if I could just stack some shells in there or crates, even I would like to do that. So if anyone knows where I can find ammunition, please let me know. I'm in dire need of some. So, so on that TJ, maybe, maybe one thing is if someone could 3d design one, I'd be happy to print it for you. But I, I guess that the dimensions, too. the dimensions, it, you know, any listeners, if you happen to have the dimensions of that of that round, um, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to, to model in CAD, but that might be your best option. Going on to that or tacking on to that, I think we were talking about this in the group, uh, one of our group chats. If anyone knows where Royal Artillery figures can be found, because uh, I'm like 99% sure their uniform, they did not wear a tanker's uniform. They wore a Royal Artilleryman's uniform, which is different because Saxons and priests in British service were part of Royal Artillery. They were not part of armored or infantry divisions. So they were completely separate. Um, if anyone knows where I can find figures, just let me know. Just reach out to us on the Facebook page or, or me personally, either one. I don't really care, but I can't find any. and I've, I've been looking. Also, we'll mention the Model Geeks A4 build again. I know we've mentioned it previously before, but um, I know that there's no limit on this one so there's no there's no scale limits there's no brand limits it's it's a very open book for the a4 like i said i'm doing the edward vietnam scooters build not started it's still in this box still wrapped we'll get around to it uh you guys taking part i like john said i know quite a couple of you are in that one yeah i'm building in the a4m in kuwaiti service it's like a brown and tan camera looks pretty sweet i got the asagawa kit uh resin ejection seat uh, some photo etch. I think that's it. Some masks and stuff. Because why not? Those Kuwaiti Skyhawks in the Go Four—they're awesome. It's a great scheme. 
Nice. Uh, so I think that's us all caught up for the group builds. Again, these group builds are still open, so you can still join in. You can start new builds. You can do as many as you want. Uh, and we, we do love to see your progress. So uh, yeah, get involved. Get in there and uh, keep us updated. It really does entertain us to see uh, to see your wonderful builds, and it is really inspiring. Thanks, Ivan. JB, you were recently elected as the second vice president of IPMS USA. Do you have any updates for us? Yeah, thanks, Doug. So I was uh, officially came into office on the 1st of November, so that's exciting, and kind of hit the ground running, already talked to a few of the other eBoard members, and you know, I'm really happy to say that I, I think the membership will see a lot of change, and to be honest, it, it's, it was done way before even I got on board, so I, I'm not taking credit for it, but you know, one of the things that we always see with IPMS is I registered, where's my IPMS number? How do I check the status? And there's a lot of things concerning like, how do I just find out I'm a member? Well, I'm happy to report that, you know, the the organization is going into a new software system. It'll be online. I'm not sure on timing, but we'll just say near term. But what that does is it allow you to easily register for IPMS, check the status of your membership. And then there's also potentially a social media aspect of it as well within that um, little ecosystem for members. So really exciting. I'm hopeful that it'll drive membership, retain members. And uh, yeah, we have that to look forward to. In addition to that, you know, one of the goals uh, that I would love to see is, you know, more participation for members. I think there's a lot of great modelers in IPMS. And I think there's a lot of people willing to help if they're asked. So, you know, I've already thrown the gauntlet down to some of my co-hosts and other friends and chats, but you know, if you're interested in helping with IPMS, please reach out, you know, whether it's as simply, you know, posting your builds on the Facebook page or writing an article for the journal, there's also going to be some new subcommittees created as well that I have a goal to, uh, to help facilitate the nationals and really open it up and bring in, you know, demographics that the society usually doesn't touch. So, a lot of exciting things. If you're interested in helping, please reach out. We'll we'll put you to work and we'd love to have you um, because we do want a society by modelers for modelers. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. And good luck with all that. We look forward to seeing what uh what you what you do here. All right, it's time for feedback. We're gonna start with Joel Sherwood. He says, Hey guys, I'm wondering if you're all familiar with Rubicon models. They make plastic kits of World War II subjects in 156 scale, basically 28 millimeter. They're designed for the wargaming market, but have optional parts for display models as well. I'm currently building their M4A175, and it's gorgeous. Seems like a brilliant way to bring gamers into the into model building and modelers into gaming. Love the show and keep up the good work. Yeah, I've, I've owned a couple of sets of Rubicon models. They're really nice, and they're really nicely detailed for the size of them. Again, you can assemble them. I think there's like four or five parts per build. You can get them painted and weathered. You can game with them. But yeah, I think they're a, they're a great little model, and you get a few per box. I, yeah, I think it's a great way of bridging that barrier between gamers and modelers. Uh, I think they're a fantastic little a little model. So obviously, as a, as a bolt-action player, I have a number of Rubicon models. They're really cool. A lot of bolt-action vehicles are produced by Italieri. And then um, I can't remember the name of the company that makes uh, bolt action warlord games. I think then they like repackage them right, and their Italiari kits they're they're not good. They're they're serviceable. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're essentially toys. They're just not great. And then Rubicon came along and they kind of bridged the gap between a dis- static display model and something you can push around on the table. So they're not super detailed, but they're detailed enough that. 
if you want to just put them on a shelf, they wouldn't look out of place. And on top of that, they make all sorts of cool stuff. They make just about every kind of Sherman available, German vehicles. There's a million of them, a bunch of Russian vehicles. They've even started going towards like a Cold War theme. I think they're putting out their own Cold War version of or maybe even Vietnam version of bolt action. So it's the same scale, I think similar rules, but set in the early cold war Vietnam era. So they have like a centurion, a couple different centurions, some others. I, I don't even know. They post about it on their Facebook and they've started to come out with figures too, but they're, they're a great company and the kits are pretty cheap what, for what you get is pretty good. Uh, you know, a, a Sherman's like $20 and it's pretty good. I, I would recommend them. Even if you're not, not interested that you know we talk about slammer builds all the time you can literally build one in like 30 minutes like it's not that difficult and you have a nice relatively detailed model that you can spend some time on and on top of that value gear makes stowage in scale for 28 millimeter 156 scale uh wargaming stuff all right we're moving on to ray davis our friend from down under Good day, Triple P crew. I hope that you're all doing well. I just wanted to take the opportunity to say thank you for episode 32. Thank you to you guys at the Triple P for bringing mental health into the front, to the front of the stage, and to both Graham and Robbie for sharing their personal thoughts and struggles with mental illness. Anyway, take care and keep up the great content. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ray. Uh, very good to hear from you again. Frank Blanton says, still digging the podcast. Just listen to your interview with Spencer Pollard, episode 18, working through the back catalog. I've been enjoying the discussions and guests. It's It has been wonderful to energize the hobby again for me. Sharing knowledge and experience with others has helped us all build friendships near and abroad. Your podcast resides in my queue with the likes of Adam Carolla, Plastic Model Mojo, Mike Rowe, The Chad Dukes Show, and Just Making Conversation. Thanks for showing me new doors and different perspectives. Hope to meet you all at the Amps 2022 International Show in Newport News, Virginia. Wow, that's that's quite a list of uh, people to be included with there. Frank, uh, I will be there in, in April of uh, 2022 at that show. Um, unfortunately, I had a chance to meet Frank, uh, but we just missed each other when we were at uh, the tank farm at Noakesville. So he, he knows mutual friend Pete of ours. So if I don't meet you before then, Frank, I'll see you in, in April down in uh, Newport News. I'm not sure if any of the rest of us can make it, but I, that actually would be fun. I've got a sister in Virginia. I might make an excuse to go visit. And uh, Bill Huffman wrote us. He asked if it's okay to share our show on his other pages. I think I speak for everybody when I say, please do. Everybody's welcome to share our, our episodes on whatever uh, social media you're you're going to. Please spread the word. We love having, having publicity. So yes, please. Okay. Sean Earl said, I recommend so much that you go back and listen to each of the other episodes. I started back at episode one again, and I picked up a lot of things I pre previously missed. Great job as always, fellas. Always a pleasure listening to you while I burn time working out or sitting at the hobby bench. Awesome. Thanks for that, Sean. Sean's a local modeler here in Utah. He's fantastic. He's been in the uh, the Air Force for quite a while in the National Guard right now. And he also has been a head judge at a lot of the local shows in Utah is a great guy and good friend. So thanks for that, Sean. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. And TJ, it's time for social media shout outs. Like Doug says, time for a little social media shout outs. Um, and I want to start off by reminding listeners that we have an Instagram account at Plastic Plastic Podcast and a Twitter account at Plastic Podcast. So if you're on either one of those platforms, in addition to Facebook, 
follow us, reach out to us, tag us and stuff that you're working on. We like to see it. And it's just another avenue for us to connect to you. Starting off with social media shout outs, I'm going to start with uh, Midnight Modeler on Facebook. I don't think we had mentioned this one before. I was going through some some of my likes and this one st- stood out to me. He's been working on a, a T-34. It's a very, what I would call artistic finish, I suppose. I'm sure in some circles it would be, that's not realistic enough, but that's what I like to see. So uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I think he's almost done. His last post was on the 30th, and it doesn't have tracks yet, so I think he's still got some more work to do. But uh, and, and most of his other builds have been Russian vehicles of, of some description, so pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, I, I saw that T-34, TJ. I really like the weld, the weld work that he did. Like you said, his finish is definitely not bland, which sometimes T-34s tend to be. I really, really like it. Some good work. and Yeah, I agree. His style's, uh, the style is very stylistic, and it's the, the style I love. So, yeah, definitely gets a follow from me. All right. And now I'm going to hop on over to Instagram, and I'm going to mention our buddy in front of the podcast, Steve Baker, who goes by Boo Modeling on Instagram. I bring Steve up because he fancies himself an aircraft modeler, and he's quite talented, but apparently he's also been sleeping on us and is actually a pretty damn good armor modeler. So it's working. We're converting all the aircraft modelers into armor modelers. The final goal is almost complete. Everyone will build tanks in, in the new future. So uh, he's currently working on, I think, his 48 scale Easy 8. I think on my recommendation, he got the olive drab modulation set from Mr. Color and he freaking nailed it. I love it. Um, I know. Color modulation is one of those touchy subjects, but uh, color modulation rules. So, <laughs> and he's doing pretty good. He he did the right thing. He did that thing where you take it one step higher when you think you got to the top, because if you don't, you will regret it later. I think anyone that does color modulation will tell you that. Um, so he's, I think this is only his second tank. He did a, a, I think a 70 second scale tiger with a whitewash. Again, one of these guys, oh, it's my first whitewash and it looks great. Just going back to his aircraft, modeling he's very talented and we had the opportunity to meet him in vegas and just an all-around super nice guy and i think his dad was with him too also a very nice guy two two fine gentlemen yeah it's funny you ha- you mentioned that because if you didn't i was i literally have his post up on to me a model magazine and i was gonna say give a shout out to him yeah steve actually is a neighbor of mine he lives about 45 minutes north of me up near fort collins colorado and I'm hopeful that I'll see this Sherman that TJ has mentioned in the flesh uh, next weekend, which is November. Th- well, actually, it'll be the weekend after this drops, November 13th. Scott will be in town. So, Scott, you'll see it, too. And we'll be at Colpar Hobbies in Denver, Colorado for a little uh, model contest there. But, yeah, Steve's doing great work. You know, TJ, if you didn't convince me to get the damn modulation ch- set, you know, Steve certainly put the icing on the cake. So, damn it, I'm going to go buy it. So, I mean, holy cow, where he goes from here. Let's let's make sure they don't get too good. I mean, you can, y'all <laughs> y'all can come be armor modelers, but you know, just you know, let's, let's just, just take it easy here. But yeah, <laughs> easy there, Mister Second Tank Model. Just go sit in the corner for a minute. Yeah. Steve, slow, slow, slowly roll a little bit. <laughs> That's right. You'll you'll hear more about Steve in our feature interview with Shane Doak. Shane and Steve are 
pretty tight buddies and, and we're going to have to drag him on this podcast. He's been a little hard to get a hold of, but we'll get him on here for you sooner or later. He's a great guy. And on a related note, since we were talking about it, if you're looking for a good modulation set, the Mr. Color set for Olive Drab is amazing. The The tones, in my opinion, are perfect. A lot of the times what I found, the pre-mixed modulation sets with Olive Drab, the bright colors are normally a little like desaturated, which fine if that's what you're into sure these are a little their tones a little richer and, and more green ish i guess wonderful colors and and they're mr colors so they they spray great so check them out so i just want to give everyone a little uh a little heads up by the time this drops the announcement might have already been announced but if not i'll tell you anyway uh, I want everyone to look out for some news on social media uh, in the next week from a new modeling magazine uh, from Phoenix Scale Publications. Now, this company will be at Scale Model World, so I'll head over and give them a, uh, a visit. It's a new magazine. They'll be releasing two magazines. I can't say too much more, but I pretty much know every single person who's in it and involved with the magazine. It's going to be amazing. It's going to have content from every different genre. So just uh, keep an eye out for that. It's going to be announced on on different social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and such. So just keep an eye out. Uh, it, it promises to be a really good thing. Ivan, you mentioned that you're going to be at Telford. Yes, I got a gimbal. It's not a, called a gimbal. It's a stabilizer. Thanks, Scott. Yes, uh, I will be there. I've got my T-shirt made ready. It's very obvious. I'm there from Friday to Sunday. I'm there the entire time. If you're there, come over and say hi. Please don't be scared of me. I'm only five foot five. It's just much small, a smaller show than it's going to be. They're only using two halls. The competition is in hall two rather than upstairs in the foyer. I think there's only about 500 entries into the competition. It's going to be a great one. Please come over and say hi, have a chat. It's going to be a fun weekend. But again, just be careful. If you're ill, don't turn up. Things like that is the courteous thing for an event this large with this many people going. Just be careful if you are going. Okay, speaking of model shows and stuff, there's something I want to bring up, and I, and it's very important. Ivan is going to be here for Nets. We have just under nine months to prepare. What do we need to make Ivan experience while we're here? And I want everybody's input, and, and please write in and tell us, what does Ivan need to do for that time he's here in the States? Let's see, you're going to be in D.C. and Denver and Omaha, correct? Correct, all three. All I've been right. told to avoid Taco Bell. Oh, <laughs> man. That was going to be my <laughs> top, top list. <laughs> Cheesy Gordita Crunch. Don't know what that is. I don't, <laughs> don't want to know. If you want to know, like... You haven't lived until you've eaten 10 of them in a row. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to experience Montezuma's Revenge if that's the case, but... Uh, I have good plumbing in my house, so... <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll give you a hint on uh, on what you can expect. Some somebody somewhere needs to find him a really good taco truck. Like get him real street tacos and not Taco Bell. We have some of those here in Denver. We can we can make that happen. DC, I bet I, I guarantee you gotta have some good stuff there, TJ. You guys are like a melting pot for good food sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Um yeah. there, there's a si- sizable um El Salvadorian population in this area, and they have these things called pupusas, and they're pretty much like the best thing ever. They're so good. It's uh it's like a flat circle like cornmeal and it's got like cheese and meat on the inside and it's like smushed like a pancake almost and then fried on both sides oh delicious then you put some coleslaw on top of it with some hot sauce oh mm. so good so this will sound really sad but i've already made a list of all the takeaway places i want to visit oh 
Chick-fil-A is on that list, and I've told oh, that's a big mistake as well. No. No, no Chick-fil-A's no. good. Chick-fil-A is the best. It's that's the good, best fast because it looks chicken. good. And they treat you they treat you so well. It's like you, you just go back for the service. It's just amazing service. They're very nice people. <laughs> yeah. The Chick-fil-A sauce. And, yeah, and you oh. won't be running for the border like Taco Bell. Yeah. Or John's <laughs> bathroom in this case. <laughs> and Chick- Chick-fil-A sauce is like the best. That's a universal yeah. sauce. And we I buy it in the like the tub for, at my house because we put it on everything. A Wendy's square burgers because they don't cut corners. <laughs> Wendy's is okay. Uh, you can what? usually find a much better find a local burger burger joint, and you're going to be happy. If you're going to do a chain chain burger, do Five Guys or something. I was like just that. fixing to say Five Guys. Five Guys is money. The Five Guys is from the DC area. That's the, right. The original yeah. Five Guys live in Alexandria. That's where the first one is. I've driven past it on Route One. We've got Five Guys over here. It's just very expensive. It's expensive here too. Don't it's worry. Expensive <laughs> here too. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, in Denver, they just opened up within the, like the last year. They have an In and Out Burger, so you got to go there too. It's a West In-N-Out Coast thing. Is overrated. It the is burgers, overrated. The burgers but... are good. The fries suck. Oh, the fries <laughs> are not good. The burgers are great. Don't get me wrong. The burgers so, are fantastic. Ivan, for homework, you can look up In and Out Burger secret menu, and then you can. Literally walk up and say like a code word and they'll make a, a specific type of burger for you. Now, is that a thing that exists? Because the amount of times we see over here, they're like, oh, McDonald's has a secret menu if you go and ask for this. And it's like, that doesn't happen. They're like, get the hell out. <laughs> yeah, like, no, we don't do that. Please leave. No, this is legit. It's legit. That's bad that your priorities have been, where can I eat? Bring your fat <laughs> pants. It's going to be a hell of a ride. <laughs> All right. Hey. John, we've got a question for you. Do you have anything on your mind that you'd love to discuss with us? We have a sometimes every every episode we have discussions just on random items. Is there anything you wanted to you'd like to discuss? Well, you know, it's it's kind of a I don't know I don't know if you'd call it a trademark, but something I'm I'm always hammering on, and that's having fun in the hobby. It's what I'm all about. It's it's what I you know at the end of every video. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. And I'm amazed at the number of times, and I saw it this week, and that's why it's on my mind, the number of times that I've seen new people get into social media and they post something that they've built, something that they're working on, and somebody comes along and just rains on their parade. And the poor poor guy, he's just, he's just having a good time, you know? And yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't know about a lot of the techniques that we like throwing around. I, I'm not going to say who it is or where I saw it, of course, but I, th- I think this will apply to a lot of people. If you're having fun with what you're doing, don't worry about what other people think about that. And if, and, and <laughs> well, it's on my mind. I know because I get, I get comments that sometimes are less than kind you know, that say, you're always talking about this. It's just kind of wimpy modeling or something like that. Look, I was a U.S. paratrooper. I've been in combat. I, 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 I know what mean and rough and tough can be. But when it comes to our hobby, it really, it's about having fun. We, we say that, but I've been surprised at the number of folks who, like I said, who get into it when you kind of turn them onto that notion, it's almost a surprise to them. 
you know, wait, I can, I can do anything I want. I can do it however I want. Sure, you can do it however you want. It, it, you know, maybe you, you want to paint that T-34 pink? Go ahead. Did they have pink T-34s? Nah. But are you having fun? And that's that's something that I, I have to remind myself a lot. If, if you're not familiar with who I am and what I do, I do YouTube videos. Um, I come out with one every week. And sometimes I sit back and I go, why am I doing this? And I remember, oh, yeah, I'm having fun. I have fun telling about building models and hoping that maybe it helps some some other folks. So I, I guess as, as a topic that just is always on my mind, um, but a few things that I've seen this week, I've just really brought it home, is focus on the fun. Always focus on the fun. That needs to be the underlying current to uh, to everything that you do. Is that a sucky topic or we should should I go to something no, else? Brilliant. Fantastic topic. That's nail on head. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that's so much of what we talk about here. You know, I, I just wanna I wanna challenge um you guys to to try something. You know, we see the same things. All of us talk about it in side chats and everything, but just sometime this week, John, TJ, Doug, Ivan, John, grab somebody. And if you want to do it privately in a private message or something, just send somebody a compliment. If somebody's new, the fact that somebody would take the time to send them a a couple of lines and say, hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. Great job. I I think it would make such a huge difference. I'm going to take the same challenge myself. But yeah, man, I mean, like we, we say here, at the end of the day, we are putting model paints on little toys. And there's no reason that this hobby shouldn't be fun, because if it isn't fun, then what are we doing? Let's go get some golf clubs or a Frisbee or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can you can help somebody. You can, you know, if somebody says, what do y'all think of this model? And you can look at it and you can go, you can either go, well, it would probably be pretty good if you would have actually filled in any seams. Or you can go, hey, you know, it looks like you had a lot of fun doing that. You know, you may want to look at filling in some of those seams because they can give you a more even look. To th- you can you can always turn. You can say something in a helpful way, in a kind way. I don't remember which of my videos it was because after a while I forget what I do, what I've done. But I remember in one of them, I, it may have been a blog article that I suggested. Look, if you don't have anything kind or helpful to say, don't say anything. And it's and it's not a it's not a a masculinity contest. It's about enjoying something that we can all agree on. I think if we started talking various things that go on in this world, politics, religion, and everything else, every one of us could probably find something about the other that we would not agree with at all. But we can all agree about these little plastic toys that we paint. I always try to be positive, but there's just a few times that I see stuff online and and I see that what's sad is I see the same people over and over doing it, you know, those snarky comments. And what's sad is people who feel that like that gravitate towards them and encourage them. And it creates a very toxic environment at times. I I build because there's enough serious things going on in my life that I need something to to focus on. You know, recently uh, my wife had some surgery. A few months back, I had some health issues. Um, There's a few things going on at work that I would rather not be going on. I've got a few health things that I face right now that I'd rather not be facing. All of that, I can sit down here at this desk behind me and I can start working. All of that is pushed away. I don't think about my arthritis. I don't think about 
you know, my diabetes. I don't think about any of that stuff. I don't think about taxes or anything else. I just get lost in, okay, let me just put a bunch of chipping on this model. And I don't care if somebody thinks it's overchipped because I was caught up in the moment of chipping, dadgummit. So it has what it has. <laughs> no, for sure. I, I completely understand that. And and I'll be honest, I've, I've stopped posting in a lot of groups because of that, that negativity you talk about. And it's sad. And and I've, I've mentioned it before, you know, we, we have some private group chats that they are super fun because, you know, it's, we're all kind of like-minded. We all can support each other it, and it's, and it's all a hobby and it's all for fun. And yeah, we yeah. jab at each other, but at the end of the day, honestly, they're like, you, you know, especially the people on the line right here, you're my brothers. I mean, I would never think I'd create this kind of bond with somebody over, over a toy, but at the end of the day, it's, it's damn, it's fun. And, it, and it's really great to, uh, you know, just to interact and, and have the privilege to interact with, you know, such kind people. And when you're having fun, you, you want to build more. I've talked about this in, in some, some videos that, you know, it's a very positive cycle. When you start having fun, you build more. When you build more, you get more experienced and you're more capable in what you're able to execute. And when you're able to execute better, you're happier with what you're doing. You're having more fun and it just keeps going over and over and over again. What do they call that when you got an MBA, a positive business cycle or something like that? My Tallahassee Community College degree doesn't doesn't, <laughs> doesn't know what that is. But, um, it really is. I, th I think you're going to grow in the hobby better uh, when you're having fun and when you're around people who enjoy it, that you know they're supporting you and you know they want you to succeed. And you know that, you know, if you ask a question that they're going to give you an honest answer uh, and you can trust them. Uh, I, I, I tell folks, look, if you want to know what your model looks like, don't put it on Facebook. Don't put it on, you know, something like that. Contact one or two people that you really trust and ask them because they'll tell you. And that's that's who is going to give you some good, useful feedback and let you see where you're at in the hobby. And it's really going to. Again, that undercurrent in everything I do, and you know, if you've watched my videos, I talk about it a lot. Um, I probably start sounding like a broken record, but I, I think I think that has to be there because otherwise, we're just grumpy middle-aged men shuffling around uh, a model uh, a model meet looking for the bathroom. I mean, because that's really aside from looking at the models, that's what it is: it's a bunch of middle-aged guys looking for the bathroom, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and and you can snag the best deal exactly. And take it from somebody else. Yeah. When you start seeing people having fun, it just draws people in and they want to get in on that. And it's a lot easier to be positive. I mean, you, you get negative. It just, it starts, it starts making you feel, what was the guy in, uh, what was that World War II movie where they were going to try and get all the gold? And Heroes. Heroes. Negative yeah, ways, and the guy man. was talking about, you know, yeah. Mario yeah. Hardy. You're talking about, you know, positive vibes and all of that. It's that's that's really really where it's at. I think that's that's what I'm going to keep. That's what I keep hammering on. Yeah, you make a good point. Like for for these three vignettes I'm entering into the competition, I've posted them online plenty of times, and everyone's been like, "Yeah, they look great," and I I, I do love that. I, I love a positive compliment, but I needed to find out everything that was wrong with them. So I sent pictures mm -hmm. to John and TJ, and I said, "I want you to find everything you can." that is wrong with these or bad about them or anything you can criticize. I, it was just that I needed, which was like, right, that was truly helpful. Mm -hmm. So rather, rather than just being flattery, it was stuff I needed to hear. And I was like, right, 
I can fix that. I can improve from that. So I just wanted to uh, add on to that a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's stuff I've done and it's, it's really helpful. Like you said, just pick, pick a couple of people, send them a message and be like, right, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Because getting that, getting that feedback to, to let you, because, because a lot of times people will see things that we don't see. And, and when they're looking at it with a positive, objective, critical eye and they give us that feedback, it may be something that we look at and we go, you know, I had never even thought about that. Never even occurred to me. And that's going to improve what I'm doing. There have been a couple of cases that I've asked people for feedback and they would say, well, you know, you, you didn't drill out the barrel there. And I said, yeah, I noticed that. And I decided I'm going to ignore it. You know, and so, so sometimes we just don't do things because because we're lazy, but sometimes we figure out things that we look at and go, oh, wow, that would make a huge difference there. And it's all just little, I call them toolkit, tool, tools in our toolkit, because sometimes tools are like a knife, but sometimes a tool is a technique. Sometimes a tool is a bit of knowledge. And uh, the more of those little tools we get, uh, the, the better uh, that we're going to have in terms of our output. All right, John, thank you so much for that, you know, discussion. It, it really is important that, you know, you focus on fun, you focus on happiness. I can't echo your comments enough. So thank you so much for, you know, sitting in with us and sharing that. Now it's time for our Triple P interview segment sponsored by Sean Customs Model Tools, makers of the awesome Super Sanding Blocks and many other great modeling products. These blocks allow you to have controlled precision sanding that yields fantastic results. Today's interview is with our friend Shane Doak of Dollar Ride Studio. Shane is a superb modeler and an all-around awesome guy. So sit back and enjoy. Well, welcome into another Plastic Posse podcast interview. Today, Doug Smith and I are joined by Shane Doak. Welcome to the show, Shane. Hi. Thanks, guys. Shane is also known as a Dollar Ride Studio on Facebook. Are you anywhere else, Shane? Is it just Facebook that I'll find you? No, I'm on TikTok also, and it's the same thing, just with uh, periods in between the words. So uh, anyway, Dollar Ride Studio is his his baby. He's got some really cool stuff on there. We uh, highly recommend you check it out. Shane, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm Shane. I've been modeling now for seriously for about three years. I got a I got a uh, what are that Hobby Lobby gift card as a as a wedding gift, and I'm poking around in there and I see the. Uh, the Academy F4. And I was like, well, I'm married now. I guess I uh, don't have to impress any women. And my wife already <laughs> knows I'm a nerd. So I'm going to, I'm going to try this again, you know, cause typical every, every guest tells you, you know, modeled with their dad or as a kid or whatever and got out of it. And that was me too. Yeah. That's kind of how I got back into it. All right, cool. Shane. So what do you like to build? Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to broaden my horizons. Um, I was strictly jets. That's all I wanted to do was build jets. And I, I didn't really care where they were from as long as they were jet powered. And I, I got into uh, World War II aircraft because of Edward. Their kits are just so much fun to me. I, I could probably build just that. But since then, uh, getting involved with Facebook and social media and stuff and, and seeing what other guys are up to, there's just so much cool stuff out there that I don't really want to pigeonhole myself into 
anything really. So I've gotten into some tanks. Uh, TJ kind of twisted my arm into the <laughs> the M4 group build, and I've I've never built a 135th tank. So we're gonna see what happens with that. But um, jets are kind of still my passion. I'm working on a, a Great Wall hobby SU27 right now. That's taken way too long, but. My main focus is to do anything that really takes me out of my comfort zone. And right now that's tanks and um, I'm kind of saving figure painting and stowage stuff for for last. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I get it. I, I didn't uh, really build armor until uh, that first group build we did with the uh, T3485 from RHM and that was our RFM. And that was that was a lot of fun. So you you may get hooked. Uh, I I don't want to scare you off, but you might get hooked on on armor. They're they're pretty fun. Yeah, all I've all I've done so far is I I I haven't painted anything yet, but I put together a couple of other Tamiya one forty eight kits, and and man, I'm I'm hooked on those like the Edwards. You know, they're just they, oh, yeah. they go together quick and they're fun and yeah. So those are loads of fun. Who are who are your influences? I mean, you've been doing this for a few years, seriously, and and there's a lot of guys out there that do some pretty great work, and and uh, you're up there with them, and I'm looking at your some of your stuff, and and you've got some skills. So who's influencing you? Primarily, man, there's a lot of people. First of all, uh, one of your repeat guests, Stanley, Stanley George, that guy, man. Um, I, I I couldn't recall a specific aircraft that he's built that I fell in love with, but just his his variety and his range that he can, that he can do. That's kind of, he really is the one that kind of got me wanting to do some different things. Um, you know, seeing him just jump in there and, and get after it no matter what it is. But the big one for me is, is Pattison, Will Pattison. I, I think I, I posted something about, uh, I, I kept seeing like these really beautiful models, finished models that, that had basic construction issues with them. And and I made a post just kind of inquiring about that and and Pattison not knowing me and me not knowing him jumped in and and we I think we argued back and forth in in Messenger for a good day and kind of just went our separate ways and then one day he just got a hold of me and said, "Hey, you, you know, you should come check out SMCG and and see what you think." And so I didn't know that he was you know, YouTube famous in the modeling world or that he was some head honcho or, or anything like that. And once I kind of started to see the dynamic and, and I got into his work and what he was doing and I, I followed his Spitfire build pretty closely. And uh, that's what got me messing around with hairspray chipping and different weathering techniques and just trying to think outside of the box a little bit. So um, I've got to say that that Will is definitely one of my main influences just because I don't, I, I didn't have that, that out of the box thinking, you know, I was, uh, step one, step two, step three, and just real rigid with what I was doing. And, and he got me out of that almost overnight. So he, he's definitely been the biggest one for me, but really anybody, as far as influence, as I can find something on anybody's build, really that, that I can appreciate and like, and, and have questions about, I've been I've learned things from people that have been in the hobby for less than a year, you know, so I, I really try and and keep my mind open as far as where I can draw inspiration from technique wise. So it may it makes sense where you you mentioned earlier that you like to build things that keep you out of your comfort zone. And that's something you share in common with Will. You know, he 
he's always challenging himself and, uh, you know, challenging, you know, picking up a new technique that he's not comfortable with or going back at something over and over and over again until he defeats it. You know, so that, that doesn't surprise me that you guys kind of relate on, on that level. Yeah. And, and, and if I, I'm a creature of habit, man. And if I, if I let myself get too comfortable, I'll, I'll end up just doing the same thing over and over again. And honestly, I, I really just kind of surprised myself with what I could achieve when, when I stopped looking at building models as like a step-by-step process and more of a learning experience. You know, I, I, I thought that I had to, to learn or read something and then, and then follow it exactly the way that that person did it. And, and it was when that I let myself kind of do my own thing that I started to get a lot more satisfaction out of it and, and just a lot more pleased with what I was doing. So I feel like I don't want to, I don't want to mess with that. But on the, on the flip side of that, I've gotten like, two models done in the last 12 months. <laughs> so <I'm, laughs> I, I still want to stay on that challenging myself bit, but at the same time, man, I, I got to just, uh, just put some, put some models together, you know, and just, uh, just enjoy it. I, my primary goal was to have something that I'm really proud of. And, and I feel like I can come close to that now. Uh, so now I just kind of want to have some cool stuff on my shelf. And I heard it here, you know, that not every, not every model has to be an award winner, you know? So yep. I, I want to put together some of them slammer builds I've been hearing about. Yep. John, uh, John Bonani slammer builds. Those are great. Uh, like I've said multiple times before, finishing a kid is an actual skill. Um, I'm a very slow modeler as well. And I have to kind of guard against that. You've got to actually start finishing them or you get rusty at that, just like you do at airbrushing or anything else. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a skill I'm trying to learn. <laughs> it's it's difficult. I I'm I'm kind of surprised with how difficult it is for me because anytime I get to a little step, I'll find myself just nitpicking everything like it's got to be an award winning model, and and I have to actively remind myself that it's okay if there's ejector pin marks on my 148 T55. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just have to get past that and just. I haven't even built a tank. I haven't even finished a tank yet. You know, how do I know if I'll even like it if I don't put some paint on the thing? So I actually have a buddy, Steve, Steve Baker, and and me and him just today actually ordered a couple of 148 uh, T3485s. And oh, nice, nice. He he kind of shares my problem, so <laughs> we we've kind of made a pact to to get it done in the month of December, put them together, and just and see what we can get out of it. Uh, Steve's a good guy. We got to meet him at Nats and uh, look forward to see what the two of you come up with on those. Question for you. Uh, the Model Geeks have a new A4 group build and the model that you and I first, that I reached out to you on the very first was an A4 Skyhawk that you did, a Hasegawa kit. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about that model? And then um, are you interested in that group build at all? Uh, I would love to build another one of those kits. I, I just absolutely have zero time for that. I've got more, well, hopefully I can get on track and start finishing some of them. But, um, if I was to take on another project, that's what it would be because those kits are just amazing. They're so much fun. And that particular kit kind of has a little bit of a sentimental meaning to me. It was the first, the first kit that I did that I was really accomplished something and, 
And it felt like a real jump in a, in level for me. I, I won them a group build with it and it wasn't anything major. I mean, it was like, maybe there was, I don't know, 15, 20 people there, but I won by quite a bit and I didn't even expect that to happen. And that's when I really realized like, Hey, maybe I can, you know, build some stuff that's up there with these guys that I admire. And, and ever since then I've been kind of aspiring for that. So that, that kit is definitely something special for me. And Man, now that you've said that and I'm thinking about it, <laughs> I'm starting to think of where I could shuffle and, and move a couple of things around because, they, man, they just go together so nice. That was a that was a TA4J, right, that you did? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the J. And originally, I, I spent a month on the M. Uh, that's what I wanted to build. And, and I had a fiasco with an Ares cockpit, and I had to just quickly abandon it and, and switch gears got on scale hobbyist, got one coming and started slamming it together. But yeah, and then that that was also the kit that that kind of taught me that I don't really have to be I don't have to be in love with the subject to build a good model of it. I didn't I mean, I'd seen a Skyhawk, I, it's a jet, so it's cool, but I didn't really have appreciation for it until I started building it and then that's when the appreciation for the airframe and what it's done and what it can do came in and I'm finding that I'm in love with basically everything subject wise that I do. You know, I didn't, I didn't care about tanks at all. And I got this little T55 and I started doing research and I watched, a, I think it was called the, oh, I can't even remember. It's a dot tank documentary on Netflix. It's pretty new, but they had a whole section on Russian armor. And I was like, that is awesome. So now I'm a T55 fanatic. And, and I, and I think that's kind of what keeps me in the hobby is, the research side of it too, and the history. And, and it's probably the same for almost all of us, but um, I get, I get just as much out of that as I do anything else. So. Yeah. It's interesting that you build a kit and then you fall in love with the subject after you've selected uh, the kit. And I think a lot of people, it might be the other way around, but that's a, that's a cool perspective. Yeah. Like um, for me, it, it's um, you know, it's about the craft and the skill it, it, a little bit more in the hobby. And I think that's where my mechanic mind comes in. Cause uh, I guess my ultimate goal with a model is that it gives you the feeling of what it's been through. And that's why I really gravitate towards really weathered subjects. Like uh, my Spitfire that I was really proud of. It's, I actually got a lot of crap for that because of how dirty it is. And my current SU 27 it's the only one in the Russian inventory or in the world that, as far as I know, that is painted this dark gray color. It's really similar to the, to the famous eggplant color, but it's not. And it was applied in the field. Um, so I don't think that they, they probably sanded it down with whatever they had around and, and slapped some paint on it. And so the paint's just all coming off everywhere. The, the big engine nacelles on the bottom basically have no paint left on it at all. It's just like almost all bare metal, which it should be yellow. You would think primer yellow, but it's not. So that's what makes me think that they just sanded it down and, you know, maybe like what I imagine invasion stripes were painted under, you know, those similar circumstances. So I really gravitate towards those, those more lived in subjects and, um, and I think it's because my, my mind kind of envisions like more of what the ground crew has been through with it more than the pilot. I don't know what it's like to, 
fly a jet. I, I mean, I fly around a lot, but I, I don't, I don't, I can't wrap my head around what those guys go through, but I do understand what mechanics go through. So when I see an oil streak, you know, it makes me wonder how it got there. Why is it there? Why didn't it get addressed or where did it come from? So I, I think that that's more of what I, what I relate to and um, get the most enjoyment out of. Yeah, that's really cool. It, it's interesting that you say that people gave you crap for your Spitfire, um, the Mark One or a Mark Two. Tell us a little bit about that. Was that the Edward or the Tamiya kit? That was the Edward kit. And yeah, I, the, and this is, uh, I don't really like to brag, but I think that I got the best insult on my model that I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was told that, I'm trying to think of how he said it, that my Spitfire is a disgrace to the Queen and to England. <laughs> you know, um, I, I think it's beautiful. The, <laughs> my my favorite my favorite touch on that was the way you chipped the canopy frame, and you had it chipped actually down to bare metal, but you did it very very subtly. It wasn't you know it wasn't overdone, and I think it looks really really good. But yeah, the dirt and the grime. It looks like an aircraft that was, uh, you know, used in the Battle of Britain in dire straits, you know, that flew as much as they possibly could fly it. Yeah. And that's where that, that was my whole angle with that one. I wanted to be able to take a picture of it when it was done and capture that that battle weary look. Because when I think of a Spitfire, I think of the Battle of Britain, you know, and those guys, they didn't have time to sleep. They didn't have time to eat. They were, they were fine and flying and fighting 24 seven, you know? And my response to the guy that told me that it was a disgrace for being so dirty was, you know, what were they supposed to do? Tell command that they can't go fight the Nazis because they have to wax the spitfires, you know, like, come on. Shane, tell us about this Focke-Wulf 190 you built. This is this is magnificent. Yeah, that one, my experiment with that, I, I try and assign something new or something that I want to try to each one. And, and for that one, I wanted to mess around with the, the wet transfers, the HGW, I think, is who makes them, the wet transfers. Um, yeah. And so I kind of just, I, I got the kit because it's a 190 and it's cool. And, and, and then I found those wet transfers and I wanted to play around with that. I'm not, I, I kind of get trigger shy about talking about this because it's almost like a sin in the, in the military, especially world war II modeling community. But like, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not stuck on historical accuracy. I'm not sure that that 190 has proper markings on it or if it was a real aircraft or not, it could have been, but I I don't even really specifically remember following a a profile for that one. I just kind of I think I went with Black 13 because Black 13 looks cool. But most of my builds are 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 more about the the airframe as a whole rather than trying to represent a specific aircraft in a specific point in time. I'm more gravitate towards what that airframe did as a whole. I, I think that that's another reason why that Spitfire got a lot of flack too because the the squadron code on it is my son's initials because I finished, you know, I got to that part when he was born. So, and it's got some mismatched stuff. Like I never saw a picture of a Spitfire that had green machine gun bays and silver wheel bays. But to me, it was more aesthetically pleasing to have that. So that's what I did. And, and of course the red jack handle, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with Pattison on that one. I, I do it just because it pisses people off. 
<laughs> so with the with the 190, not to get off track back onto that Spitfire, but that honestly is the one that I'm the most proud of. Um, that was my first. It's not. It wasn't published in print, but Edward used it in their monthly magazine. That was the first one where I think people were like, "Oh, this dude's serious." Well, you you did a few things on this, and I'm looking. I'm scrolling through the pictures right now. Um, one of my favorite things that you've done is the way you've got the camouflage on the fuselage that actually slightly goes over the markings. Like it'll just barely infringe on the markings and it looks right because that's hard to do. A lot of times when you when you try to make camouflage cover the markings, it looks like you just screwed up on your paint job. And that these are sharp. This is really pretty. Which one are you looking at now? Um, uh, the 190 I'm looking at, let's see, this is the right side of the fuselage that, uh, I don't know if the, what the name of the, the, oh, marking is, yeah. but that black, the black mark that goes down the, the side that the little triangular kind of swoopy shape just underneath the playing card, there's a spot where you went over, over the marking there with the camo. And there's another spot on the other side where you can see it a couple of times on the, uh, on the iron crosses. And, and it's just so subtle that I, I just think it's rad yeah that was intentional or not but that's one of those and and it was um it just took me a second to figure out what you were talking about but that's those are the details that really get me on a subject like we were talking before whether it's a group build that i get involved with that gets me on a subject or oftentimes it's something like that where i just see a detail and i'm like oh i want to do that so that was one of the things with the 190. The other thing with the 190 is is the camo. I wanted to freehand that that camo on there, so that was the kind of kind of the genesis behind that one is some some freehand camo with the with the modeling on the side, and it's not great. That was my kind of first build with the amazing PS 771. Oh, that thing is. It almost makes me want to build 172 because it's so much fun to use, and and I just don't get to use it as much as I want on these big jets. Yeah, it's a nice airbrush. A lot of guys I know use that one. Uh, just to build on what Doug was talking about, I also liked on your burger the the uh, the way that you've distressed the decals that keep it consistent with the rest of your finish. You know, you've got some some oil work and some rust that is over your decals that's consistent with the rest of your camouflage. Yeah, and that's what I really like about the the wet transfers, like. I, I was kind of forced into using decals on my on my Sukhoi, but that's one of my favorite modeling challenges is it, for myself is to see what I can do with the markings because that's, to me, that's where I don't want to see a lot of people, I don't want to say people get it wrong, but like that is a really challenging part of aircraft models is, is getting the finish to blend with the markings. And so I, I spend a lot of time focusing and playing around with that and with the Spitfire that I, I wanted to paint them. So that was my first time painting the, the markings on. And, and that just opens up tons of possibilities. I mean, hairspray chipping on the markings and, and fading and distressed paint. Like I haven't got to play with it as much as I want yet, but that's definitely something that I'm going to focus a lot more on in the future. Well, I really like your your prototype, uh, skipping forward to your flanker you're working on um, that you picked. It's really, really interesting. And and by the way, uh, listeners, you can go over to, uh, like Doug was saying earlier, to Shane's Dollar Ride Studio Facebook page, and you can see pictures of all these models that we're talking about. But um, how close are you getting on that flanker? Because it look, you know, you, you've got obviously probably hundreds of hours just into your airbrush work. So are you getting close on it? Yeah, um, I'm 
I'm actually starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Finally, um, I've spent, I'm an early bird. I get up about 3.45 and model until six o'clock when I got to go to work. And I've been doing that for about a week just with hairspray chipping. But I'm to the point now where I can almost throw some gloss on it and try and hide those decal steps that just they get under my skin and uh, try and level that out. And then, yeah, I can flat it back out again and probably spend another almost 100 hours on some oil and it'll be about there. Uh, the paint job on that one intimidated the crap out of me and I avoided it like the plague. Like all my missiles are finished. My canopy assembly's finished. My wheelbase are finished. My Everything is finished except for the paint. And it's because I was just really avoiding it. Like I said, I, I got so much crap on my Spitfire. Well, I shouldn't say that. Not so much. But the, the little bit of crap that I did get drove me to kind of prove to myself that I could accurately reproduce a, a specific aircraft in a specific point in time. And I didn't realize how much that would freak me out until it got to painting it. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm getting there. I think, I think it'll be done by the end of the year for sure. I'm, I'm hoping sometime in November, as long as I don't have to go on the road. I do a lot of modeling on the road, but that once it gets to a certain point, it's just not really economical. Yeah, I, I get that for sure. Well, you mentioned, uh, you know, starting to do some armor kits and uh, even mentioned uh, when, before we, we started some interest in some other subjects, but any uh, maybe thoughts towards doing a science fiction build at some point? Yeah, uh, I I really want to, I want to I try some Gundam kits. I, I don't know if that is separate from sci-fi or not. I'm not really sure about anything. It's totally sci-fi. Well, all right then. Then, yeah, I want to, uh, as a kid, I was really into Gundam Wing. I don't really know any of the other ones, but that one, man, I watched it religiously. So I think it's about time that I get one of those and see if I can make it nice and grubby. Yeah, my favorite Gundam and sci-fi subjects are when people take kind of more of a real world approach to weathering and apply them onto the science fiction subjects. You know, in a lot of cases like Gundam, you know, those are based on animated series and they're usually pretty clean. Mm -hmm. but I think it really gives them another level of legitimacy to my eye when you, you know, put a tractor or a tank or an aircraft finish as far as the weathering goes on them. Yep. And that's exactly what I envisioned for it too, is, is, uh, I, you know, if, if it was timely for them as animators to, to maybe draw them that way, then I'm pretty sure that they would, you know, cause you can't go through that many battles and, and not, you know, come out without a scratch. I mean, they're either on fire or they're clean, but I'm sure that, uh, if such a thing existed, that there would be some sort of an in-between. So that's what I would like to go for. And also Rinaldi, going back to inspirations, man, that guy. I was under a, a modeling rock because I didn't even know who Mike Rinaldi was until somebody told me about a year ago and I, and I started to get into his stuff. And now with his series, he does a lot of Gundam stuff on there. And, and that's kind of how he approaches it too, is, is uh, kind of putting an armor finish on him. So... Just to see what that guy can do, it makes me want to dip my toe in the water a little bit too. Yeah, he's uh, his work is pretty inspirational. I know he's had a big influence on all of us here at the Posse as well. And as you know, he's been on the show a few times, a good friend. So he's he's pretty terrific. Yeah, and just a really nice down-to-earth guy. Like uh, I hit him up on Facebook Messenger for something. I don't even remember what it was now, but I was like, oh, wow. He like messaged me right back and... You know, yeah, he was really cool. So 
I feel bad because I lost his book. <laughs> I bought I bought the new tank art book and I went camping with it and it disappeared. And now they're like, I think he's having problems with distribution and Brexit and stuff. So now like you can't, really can't get them. Yeah. So now I'm bummed about that. I guess if I'm going to order them, I'll just order all of them and wait. Well, I think his plan was to hopefully have those all back in stock by end of year or shortly thereafter. Oh, so good. hopefully you can get another one soon. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get into the few projects that I have lined up now are definitely stuff I can do primarily on the road. I want to finish some kits and little 148 armor and stuff is perfect for hotel room modeling because I envision a lot of that coming up. We're always busy this time of year traveling around. So that's definitely what I'm going to have to be working on if I want to finish anything. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, you and I have spoken a little bit and, you know, you, uh, you're you out here in the U.S., uh, in the Western U.S., and you tr- get around quite a bit. And I know you do a lot of, you know, modeling on the road. So give us kind of an idea of like what you take with you, you know, what you try to get done when you're out on the road and, you know, those kind of things. Right. Well, you definitely have to have a plan. I mean, listener land can't see, but I mean, there's a whole room full of stuff behind me and, and you're never going to bring all that. So you, you have to have a good plan in place on what you want to take. And I try and just break it up into sections. So there are certain things you can't leave home without your basic tools. But I really kind of enjoy that minimalist building where you just kind of see what you can do with what you have. I don't mean that in the there, there is a faction of the hobby that likes to see what they can do for basically free craft store paint and stuff. And I'm not knocking that because I understand it. You know, I try and do the same thing, see what I can get done with the, the least amount possible. And I feel that that like boosts my problem solving capabilities where if you were like, man, it would really be nice to have that Rosie the Riveter tool right now, but it's... 600 miles away back home in Nevada. I didn't think I was going to need it. So you come up with another way to do it and you'll probably learn something. So when I go out on the road, if I'm going to put together, let's say put together a little German truck, I'll bring a sanding stick and a knife and a couple of different grits of sandpaper. I won't go anywhere without my MRP scribe tools. They make three of them and they are so versatile. I never even would have fathomed how many different things I can do with that little black scribe tool. You can cut, well, my Spitfire has exposed gun bays. I cut those out with the scribe tool and it did it perfectly. I mean, it scribed right in to 148 Spitfire panel lines without going over and without kind of displacing the plastic and it cut them out like a laser beam. So I won't go anywhere without those. You can use it as a scraper. I could probably put together a pretty decent model with that, a knife and a sanding stick. So but on the other hand, you know, I, I do finishing work in, in hotel rooms too. So I kind of put together a little spray booth that I can put out the window because I'm not skilled enough to airbrush acrylic paint. I don't want to say that they're crappy or they suck. I'm just going to say that I'm not good at it. I tried Vallejo when I got into it and I just couldn't make it work. I, I'm terrible at it. So I use MRP for about everything I can. And you can get away with it in a hotel room. You really can. And I always leave 20 bucks on the counter. Even though I never make a mess, I clean up my, after myself every day. I always leave a 20 on the desk in case there's a little spot of glue or something that I missed or whatever. But uh, I frequent the same places a lot. And uh, I've, even, I've even met some modeling friends that way. The, there was a hotel 
desk clerk in Bakersfield that he was building models in the break room at work. So you'd be surprised what you can what you can do and what you can accomplish on the road. It, it's more of a mentality than anything. You just got to be flexible. That's really cool. So you uh, you actually take a, a compressor and airbrushes with you and everything. It sounds like to at least some of some of these trips you do. Oh yeah, if I if I'm driving, which I almost always try and drive if if it's possible. Uh, obviously, up in Alaska, I'm not doing any airbrushing because you got to fly and it's just too much to bring. So it's kind of also what got me into armor because you can build the whole thing basically. So that's what I was doing up there. But yeah, I got a little uh, Iwata on-demand compressor. It's about, I don't know, eight eight inches by six inches and it's super quiet. And uh, yeah, I'll just plan out exactly what I'm going to do. I'll take only the colors that I need and do it there in the hotel room. Cause, and I don't always have time, you know, 13, 14 hour workday. The last thing you want to do is model sometimes, but Every once in a while, parts don't show up or whatever, and I got a whole day to kill. So that, and I'm just a fanatic. I I eat, sleep, and breathe models and history and aircraft and everything else. So I, uh, and my wife doesn't mind. You know, there's there's a lot of people out there who travel for work, and there's a there's a man or a woman at home wondering what they're up to, what bar they're hanging out in, and my wife was is wondering. Uh, you know, if I'm if I didn't text her back because I got too wrapped up in uh, putting some little tiny stencils on a model or something, you know, not not <laughs> that I'm drunk in a bar somewhere. <laughs> she she's watching the hobby store receipts while you're yeah. on the road. Yeah, but no, she and uh, I I'm just embarrassed that I didn't that I didn't mention her. She's such a driving force, and whether she really is. Uh, uh, really into what I do or not. She puts on a pretty good face about it. And she always asks me questions and asks me what I'm going to do. And uh, right before this, I was telling her that I was nervous. And and she's like, why? You talk to these guys all day, every day. Why are you nervous to talk to them on the webcam? You know, <laughs> and I was like, good point. Exactly. How much of your time when you're out on the road, do you like go looking for like, say, air museums? You know, you mentioned uh, stops in California and Alaska. You'll try and find those uh, air air museums and places like that for reference material. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I haven't there. So when I fly to Alaska, the stop is always in Seattle on the way up and the way back. And you have to fly right over the Boeing Museum. And it just bums me out that I haven't been able to make time to get in there. But yeah, Castle Air Museum in Central California, well, Southern kind of, but that one is amazing. I mean, they got everything that you can possibly imagine. They got Liberators, Super Fortress, uh, F-16, F-15, a Tomcat, a Hustler. Uh, What was that really, really, really big bomber that they built for carrying atomic bombs that had the b-36 yeah they got a peacemaker it's it's a cool air museum unless you have a sentimental attachment to the airframes because they're just out there rotting in the california sun but yeah that one is awesome and and that's exactly what i do you know i'll google where i'm at uh i went to the battleship missouri down in southern california and i am i'm always trying to sniff that stuff out have you been to um chino to the Plains of Fame? No, I've missed that one because we do most of our work in the Bakersfield area. And so from where I live, I, I basically take uh, 395, not that anybody's going to know what that is, but it just kind of takes me right around there. And I usually when I want to go, when it's time to go home, I am ready to go home. As long as it's somewhere where I am or somewhere on the way to, I'll stop. But 
I'm not going to go 20 miles out of my way on the way home. I'm I'm just ready to see my wife and kids at that point. But yeah, totally. Well, if you get a chance, it's it's great. What about the uh, Hill Air Force Base Museum up here in Utah? Yep, I've been to that one. Uh, I've been going to that since I was a kid, and that that is a top notch air museum. There, those guys put in a lot of work, and their their displays are just beautiful. I mean, yeah, there's a couple outside in the sun and stuff, but for the most part, everything that should be protected and should be restored with care and accuracy. They, they got them inside and they, I haven't got to really chat any of those guys up yet, but I'm, I'm dying to because they're the quality that they do is just amazing. Yeah. They really do a nice job. They're working on restoring an F1, an F-117 for display right now. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, you've seen a lot of their other displays that, that they do and yeah, they just do a terrific job. Like you said, I saw that those are flying again um, somewhere out of California. They got a couple of them now, and and I kind of heard rumors and saw some pictures of them flying around out in the Tonopah area. But now they're like, I think now they're exposed, so they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we're flying them again, and they just have them parked out there with everything else. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Well, I hope you make it to the uh, Boeing Museum of Flight. You'll really enjoy that that visit as well. It's a great museum. Yep. Uh, back to Mr. Steve Baker. He's a, he's a, an airline pilot and he does the same thing. He's always sniffing out the air museums and stuff. And he posted a bunch of pictures from there. So I said, um, you know, one of these times I am going to schedule myself a 24 hour layover in Seattle and we're going to hit that up. Yeah. It'd be, be well worth your time. Uh, there, there was, uh, two really amazing, uh, museums up there, but Paul Allen's museum, the flying heritage, combat museum i guess that one's closed uh, after he passed away they decided not to keep it going unfortunately but that was great yeah i'll have to ask him where he was just at but uh i i think he said that they had an all original zero that was in like pretty amazing shape for its age and that it was closed when he showed up but him and his dad they the guy was just in the back or something and let him in and just chatted him up for an hour about their projects and stuff. So I'm, I'll have to ask him about that too. And I'll, I'll definitely let you guys know where it was when, when he tells me. Yeah, for sure. I think he shared some pictures on Facebook of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I saw that. That was, that is pretty cool. He's just the most laid back guy and has the coolest stories. And you would never know that he was a, you know, an, an accomplished combat fighter pilot just talking to him, you know, not that I know what fighter pilots are like, but he is definitely one of the most down to earth guys. So yeah, for sure. He's a good dude. Well, recently, Shane, uh, you kind of put your uh, model room there, your uh, man cave through a pretty extensive remodel. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Well, it was it was even a little bit better than a remodel. We just got a new house. Um, and I was in the old house. It was a little shoebox, basically. And I was in the garage with the spiders like, like Doug is. We got this new house. And, and the plan was for me and my wife to share it. But I kind of took over. When the baby's old enough to have his own room, I'll have to give half of it up. But uh, yeah, I I was really fortunate to have some income to be able to kind of build maybe not a dream studio, but pretty close. And and so I put a lot of thought, thought and time and effort into it and wanted something ergonomical and kind of decorative, you know, and I, I got wrapped up in that eBay thing, man. And, and I bought a, a whole bunch of stupid 
aircraft trinkets. Like I had somehow wound up with some 190 uh, data plates. And, oh, wow. uh, I got a really cool piece of an F4 hanging on the wall. It's the the APN 159 receiving antenna bezel, and it's new old stock. And then right above that, I have, uh, I don't read Russian, so I'm not really exactly sure what panel it is, but uh, off of a MiG-21, and my, my plan is to build a pretty nice MiG-21 and then one of those awesome new F4 kits and kind of display them in, in the panel and kind of put them both up on the wall as like a little Vietnam display. So that's my plan for that. What would you, if somebody out there was, you know, kind of looking at a renovation or an upgrade for their model area, what are you, what do you think some of the primary considerations you would recommend to look at? Uh, The biggest one is lighting. I didn't spend the money outright for some good lighting and I ended up having to go back and spend a little bit more. But other than that, there is a company out of the UK called Arty Station, A-R-T-T-Y Station. And they build like, it's, it's, I don't know if it was their intention to purpose build it for scale modeling, but it really is purpose built for scale modeling. And it's like an organizer with drawers uh, little cutouts for like the Tamiya glue, the square bottle glue. And so you can't spill those and it holds paint. It's modular. So you can order it with the paint holder to fit the Tamiya paint jars or the the MIG and Vallejo paint jars or MRP. It's a little expensive, but you can make it your own. And if it was a model kit, it would be a Tamiya Tomcat because this this whole big wooden thing, it's like over 400 wooden pieces. It all goes together without a single drop of wood glue. The only wood glue on the whole thing is to hold the face of the drawers on and to hold the backs on. But it's got spots for your sprue. It's got an instruction booklet holder. Everybody should have one. It's, it's not only a space saver, but it's a time saver. I, I noticed that some of those guys, some people can't function with a clean workbench. I'm one of the ones that can, can't can function with a with a messy workspace. So maybe that wouldn't be the best for them. But for me, man, I, I, I don't know how I made it without it. So that's definitely an essential for me. But and the, and the other thing that I had to consider is that my my crappy master air compressor, though, though mighty, is a little bit loud. So I'm looking at investing in a new airbrush compressor right now. So when I'm airbrushing at four o'clock in the morning, my wife isn't getting annoyed with me. <laughs> so I use uh, carbon dioxide, bottled carbon dioxide for that reason. 25 or 30 years ago, when uh, this guy and I met, uh, Doug had a silent air compressor and I know they still make those. And I was always amazed at how quiet those things are. Yep. That's what I've been looking at is that silent air. I think it's a 20A or an A20 or something like that. Oh, the 20A is what I had. I mean, that thing, that thing ran and even on low oil, I ran, I mean, I, I didn't know what happened, but I, I, something happened. I lost some of the oil and it still ran for years on low oil. It was a killer compressor. Yeah. They're they're like $700, but I I think it would be worth it. Yeah. I think in 92, I got it on sale for 300, but that was... That was 30 years ago. Yeah, that's about 700 bucks in 2021 money. Yeah, and if it lasts you 20 years, that's that's good good investment. All right, so is there any chance we're going to see you in Omaha for Nats next year? Yes, I'm 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 really planning on it. Uh this year 
basically the one thing that could keep me away from Nats is what kept me away from the Nationals. We signed on the new house on the day of Nationals. Like I said, if one thing could keep me away, it was that, and that's what happened. Just with all these shortages of, of building supplies and material, our house was delayed by like five months. So when they said, hey, we're ready to sign, I said, we'll be there. For 2022, um, we kind of do an annual RV vacation. We rent an RV and travel as a family, and, and that's kind of what we're planning for 2022. Plus, I I haven't met TJ yet, but I heard him talking about uh, the importance of if you're going to commit to the group build to show up or ship the model. So I don't like shipping models, so I better just show up. i tell you what i am so excited for this one because not only did we meet a ton of people that we had never met before at the last one and had a blast but i think there's going to be you know double that number if not more uh, people that we still have yet we've talked to gotten to know because of the podcast but never met that are going to be in in omaha and it's going to be a blast yeah i'm excited for it and and i think that 21 being such a good hit, you know, it, it, I wasn't there, but it really sounded like it was one of the best in a while. And maybe it was because the, there wasn't one in 20, but I think that a lot of people probably got wind of that and, and are going to show up to 2022. So I think it'll definitely be a, a good one to make my first one. Yeah. We'll have to uh, grab Steve and head out while we're all there over to the uh, strategic air command museum they have out there. Oh, I haven't even heard about that. Yeah. I mean, uh, where where did you, you guys went to the Air Force Base when you were in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, we got to go out to the uh, the petting zoo, I think they call it. And uh, we uh, also got to go out on the flight line, which uh, both of those were just really, really great. So that was awesome. But yeah, the I guess, uh, Doug, I think the Strategic Air Command Museum, they have a Vulcan, don't they? They have a Vulcan. They absolutely do. Um from what I understand in the past, and I think they hinted at it um, when they talked about uh, Omaha at Nats in Vegas, was they generally have an evening set aside where it's reserved for the convention. So they, they bus everybody out and you get a few hours there just with a bunch of model geeks, not just the podcast though. <laughs> just a bunch of Just a bunch of people that love building models and you get that free reign of that museum. It's it sounds like a lot of fun, but even if they don't, that museum's worth the trip all by itself. They've got some really cool stuff, and the Vulcan is impressive, man. They have one of those at Castle, and and that like you can just see that tail from the highway, and that's what I didn't even know it was there, and I just saw this big tail sticking up off out in the distance, and I drove over there, and there's this Vulcan sitting there. So that is a really impressive aircraft. I don't know Castle had one. That's sweet because that makes three that I'm aware of in the United States. There's just not a lot of them here, you know, around. So, yeah, I'll send, cool. you, I'll, I'll send you the pictures I got of it. It's pretty cool. All right. So one of our uh, questions we've been asking everybody we talk to lately is what is your, your magnum opus build? What is the one one model that you would love to build? If you could build one more and it's the greatest thing ever for you, what would it be? So I, I I knew that this question was coming and I've been trying to think about that because I I didn't think that I had one just because I, I'm still new and, and I feel like I don't know a lot. And, and so, like I mentioned before, I have this problem where I think every every kit has to be my magnum opus. So, But I, I realized just sitting here talking to you guys and talking about strategic bombers that uh, I think it's HPI makes a 148 B-52 
that is just totally tricked out. It's got the wheel bays and the bomb bays and it's just, and it's like, I don't know, I'm pretty sure it's over a thousand dollars and I don't even know where I would put the thing, but kind of the backstory behind that is uh, my dad's got me into modeling and he has the old, I think it's a monogram 148 or no, 172B52. And that was like, that was his and he, he hasn't gotten to it. But I think that if I can get my hands on one of those, I would at least like to have it so that that way I could tackle it when I do, just because I know that he would he would just go nuts over that. That's a that's a great choice, man. I I don't know what the wingspan on a one forty eight scale B fifty two is, but I've got to think it's four four feet plus. Oh yeah, it's a monster, and I, I mean I don't even know if I could ever finish that. But I I, I think that it's definitely something that if if it is in production that uh, I'm going to at least buy it and have it. And, and, you know, something like that, you know, models aren't, I don't really see them as an investment, but something like that would be because if anything ever happened or I couldn't get to it, or I just decided that that was no longer my thing, like you can always get rid of it. So that, that's definitely uh and I think it is a good one that just came to me. So now I'm going to stick with that. Cool. And to answer your question about wingspan, uh, size of that, the wingspan on the B-52 I just looked up is 185 feet. That would be 3.8 feet in uh, 48 scale. That'd be a monster. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to, you'd have to reinforce your, uh, the hooks that you hang that from the ceiling in the model room. <laughs> oh yeah. My high test fishing line isn't going to work for that one. <laughs> That one, oh, uh, the, you just have to give it to a museum. I mean, that's really the only thing you can do is just put it in a museum, and then that way you can say, I got a museum build. So would it be an in-flight B-52, or would it be sitting on a piece of real estate? It would, no, I would, I, I do basically everything with, I haven't quite got into open engine bays and open radio bays and stuff like that yet, but I like to model basically everything that I do with the, speed brakes open and the wheels down the cockpit open i like the cockpit is always my favorite part i don't i don't care if you can't see it it's my favorite part and uh, that's what i spend a lot of my time on so i would definitely do that one with everything open and hanging out and maybe getting rearmed i've gotten really into like ground equipment recently so that would have to have some carts and I think it would be worthy of a fuel truck and pretty much everything that you could throw at it. It would be a magnum opus. You might as well just, you know, throw the kitchen sink at it. Definitely. Yep, for sure. Well, awesome, Shane. Well, this has been a lot of fun talking to you. Listeners, you can go to Dollar Ride Studio on Facebook to see Shane's work. Shane, any plans on maybe dipping your toe into some YouTube videos or anything else? Or you think you're just going to keep on with the Facebook page? Well, uh, I got the Facebook page and like I mentioned, I got, I, I'm, I'm really going to try and see this TikTok thing through the, the Gundam guys are just killing it on there. You know, it's like, to me, it's like Twitch. It's a, it's an untapped market for scale model guys. And maybe that's because they're just not into it. I don't really know, but I'm going to, I'm going to at least see. I mean, I, I've gotten quite a bit of good feedback on there and, and I think that the video format kind of lends itself to what what people are interested in, you know, most guys, well, I don't want to say that, but there is a, there is a sect of people that wants just that quick three minute, super specific thing. And that's kind of what I've been delivering over there. And, 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 uh, so I'm going to see that through because, uh, 
I'm I'm the type of guy that that just thinks that I don't really want to get into YouTube because you know Patterson and Night Shift those guys are just doing so good at it. You know, honestly, I can't think of anything original, so I don't want to do what everybody else is doing, and I don't think I could come close to it anyway. So I'm going to try something different. I'm gonna I'm gonna see that through, but I do want to get a an Instagram Instagram account going uh, just because that's a really good way to view models and interact with the community. And, and, and it's mostly because I want to learn some more. There, there's a whole group of guys over there just killing it that aren't even on Facebook. I just kind of want to get closer to that and see what those guys are doing and just kind of share my stuff along the way. So, yeah. What is your uh, TikTok handle? Uh, it's the same thing, dollar ride studio, but just uh, with periods in between the words. So just at dollar period ride period studio. Awesome. Well, Shane, thanks again for joining us and uh, good luck while you're out on the road. We'll look forward to see uh, that flanker and also your uh, Sherman group build entry from you and also uh, your uh, new builds to come in the future. Well, I really appreciate it, guys. I just wanted to say thanks, you know, you guys uh, bringing on all these different and versatile guests. I mean, you guys have really kind of got my mind going in a new direction. You know, the podcast has been a has really been a big part of introducing me to new new people and new styles and really brought in my horizon. So thanks for, for doing what you guys do. Oh, well, thank you very, very much. You know, you and I have been corresponding and now we actually got to have a have a conversation. So this has been great for, for Doug and I. Well, thanks a lot, Shane, and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Sounds good. See you guys. All right. That was a great interview, guys. I'm sad to have missed it, but really enjoyed listening to it. So Shane has a lot of talent. Uh, Scott, what, what do you think? Uh, what, what did you take away? Well, first of all, he's a really great guy. And, and I thought that the interview was really interesting in that he spoke about, uh, first of all, modeling away from your bench. So modeling on the road, which I thought was pretty interesting. And the other thing I thought was interesting was his approach, because he's a fairly new modeler, but he's producing models that I think most people would agree at a, are at a pretty high level. And uh, he, he's he's almost got a, I don't know, uh, Doug, if you, he's almost kind of stubborn when he wants to do something, he's going to do it. He's going to find a way. And I really appreciate that about him. He's a great guy. Anyway, yes, I thought it was a great interview. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I've uh, been following his progress on his Sukhoi that he's building, and uh, and he's doing a very unique one. I think there's only one with a paint scheme like it, and he's struggling to find uh, references on, in some cases, but uh, it's it's kind of fun to watch his progress, and, and holy smokes, is there some, some detail on that thing that, that blows my mind. Well, now it's time for where we would normally do a Modeler's Minute segment. And of course, today we've got uh, John Bias strapped in the uh, interrogating chair here. <laughs> John, I wanted to talk with you about uh, one of your recent YouTube videos, and we actually kind of briefly discussed it in a previous episode, but it was one of your deep thought episodes, and it was kind of regarding changing genres. Um, and I just wondered if maybe you'd elaborate on that. I mean, I know that's kind of how you got into sci-fi modeling to begin with, but I really think it's a great video, um, you know, if you hit a rut 
Sure. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for thank you for watching and for being a patron. Yeah. I, I, just to kind of summarize a little bit of the, the, the video, for many years, I had been an aircraft modeler. In about 11 years, I'd built 275, 280 aircraft, uh, including 84 Spitfires. I was really hooked on the aircraft uh, modeling genre. And I just got burned out on it. I was doing a lot of commission builds. I was selling everything I built. I got really burned out on it. And I was thinking of walking away from the hobby. I went and picked up one of these Gundam things. I didn't even know what it was at the time, but that got me into uh, Machining Krieger and uh, Star Wars and uh, Warhammer and just some other things like that. And what I discovered along the way for, for me, and it may not be this way for everybody, and I'm certainly not suggesting that everyone just go and change genres all of a sudden. If you hit a rut, that you just suddenly throw out everything you've got and you start over again. But what really happened for me was it did almost a complete reset on my learning on techniques and products and uh, people in the the modeling community. I, I ran into people that I would have never run into as an aircraft modeler. I've become good friends with Lincoln Wright. I don't think I would have ever met him had I not got into building sci-fi. I don't think I would have ever started painting minis and learning how to do my brush painting. Because if, if you've built a lot of aircraft, you know it's an airbrush thing. Brush painting is when you're painting the dots on the dials in the in the in the cockpit. You know, you just put a few dots of color and you're like, that's it. I've I've done brush painting. What more is there? The focus it's given me on an entirely new set of skills has really just has really been fun. It's been instructional and I think it's made me a far better better modeler than if I would have just continued building aircraft, even though my aircraft building was getting better and better and better. I, I mean, I, I certainly was not a perfect aircraft builder, but I would I would think that the work that I did was at least you could rate as experienced. But to go into this completely different direction. And so what I would encourage people to do is, even if they're not thinking about changing genres, but if you want to challenge yourself, pursue something that you normally would not pursue. Um, it takes a little bit of self-discipline. Um, it may take you away from what you normally do for a little while, but I think if you really pursue it, if you really uh, work on, okay, what what makes this genre tick that I'm going to focus on? I think it's going to give you some tools in your toolkit that when you go back to what it is you normally do, and maybe you don't. Maybe you do like I do and just stick to the sci-fi. But it's going to give you something that you didn't have before. Uh, just not to give away too many of my 2022 plans, I'm going to sometime in 2022 build a Spitfire. 148 scale, the old Tamiya 148 scale Spitfire Mark I. Um, I've built half a dozen of those kits and I love them. And I'm excited about doing it because a lot of the things that I want to do, like in the cockpit, are things that I had never done before. I didn't know how to do before. And I'm really looking forward to, to doing that. If you're a, a sci-fi builder, you know, maybe pick up an aircraft kit, a ship kit. One of the most fun things I've built since I've been exploring new genres is a tractor. Uh, on my blog, you can go look at johnbias.com, and I don't even remember the name of it now, but it was a, a tractor that I built. That was the most fun thing 
because of weathering and putting rust and stuff like that on it. You know, five years ago as an aircraft builder, I would have thought, well, that's that's beneath me because aircraft is the top of the, you know, the modeling hobby. You know, it's the, it's the queen of the modeling. Doing those things that you normally would not do, I think they, they challenge you. They stretch you. I know it's done that for me. Now I sit over here more often than not brush painting rather than airbrushing. Honestly, I find that much more satisfying. I think one of the things I like about it is it takes me back to building like a kid. You remember those those cheap white testers brushes with the you know the bristles that are as big as a toothpick, you know, and you get the you get the in the testers enamel paint in the square bottles, you know, and you just slather it on there and you know, I hope I do it a little better than that now, but it reminds me of doing that as a kid. So, yeah, changing changing genres for me one, it preserved the hobby for me. I, I was just ready to give it up. But I look back and the growth, I would have never, ever expected that the growth would happen that I've seen since I've done this. Vinny, have you guys ever had an, a, a similar experience where you're kind of in a rut and changed genres or just mixed it up a little? I mean, I, I, I talked about that. I think it was last episode I, I mentioned something along those same lines where I just like to do more than one subject or more than one genre think it makes you a, a better modeler i would like to be a better armor modeler but you know i also like building science fiction i think that makes me a better well-rounded modeler i enjoy the challenge of doing something different like why i painted that that bus i've never done one before so let's try painting a bus why not can't be that hard lots of other people do it um it is that hard just in case if anyone was wondering yeah i i totally identify with that that's Variety is the spice of life, right? It's cliche, but it it's kind of true. Yeah, I I used to <laughs> I used to build aircraft a lot, and then I just got sick of having to do with seam lines and filling and sanding. The thing is, what I don't like about aircraft most is actually just doing cockpits. I find them really boring. When I know that's the first thing I've got to do, I've got to build a bit, paint a bit. I'm like, no, nah, build I'll build a tank instead. So instead, as I I thought, I'm going to build a shiny, clean car completely something I I usually don't like the look of, but it was a 2K finish. I had to like sand it, polish it, do all that. And you know what? I actually really enjoyed it. I was like, this is completely, a completely different discipline than anything military. And it was great. But then I got into the habit of doing that constantly. So I did about five cars in a row. I was like, I'm never building a car again. So yeah, that's, that's really all I did. At the minute, I need to kind of look for something else as well, because I can feel myself plateauing a bit. So I need to maybe just spice it up with something different. Just don't know what yet. Yeah, for me, it's not really genre, but it comes down to that's the reason I do slammer builds. You know, it's a palette cleanser. It's a it's a clean slate. It's something easy. It's something fun. I You know, I found myself a lot of times trying to build the most accurate Tiger tank there is with every aftermarket set ever made with not only going broke, but also very frustrating. Uh, during the time when you don't get something exactly right and you you know you hold yourself to this ridiculous standard that doesn't make any sense and takes all the fun out of the hop i guess you could say a, a genre in kit and keeping it simple and and just having fun and, and getting back to what the hobby is is really about yeah i always encourage people build it like a kid you know i, I i'm i'm of the age i remember modeling as a kid you know, from the time I was about five years old till uh, 14, 15. And then, you know, I, I started doing other things and then came back to it later. But the joy that I had as a kid was just, that's what I still try to pursue. Is 10-year-old John going to be happy 
with this. If 10-year-old John's standing in the background going, this is the coolest thing ever, dude. 54-year-old John is going to go, all right, that's that's good enough for me. And and you, you you just mentioned about, you know, doing this really super detailed tiger, but then doing a slammer build. Sometimes it's not even a matter of changing genres, but just changing styles, changing the way you build. You know, you do super detailed builds and then you go, okay, I'm just going to do this out of the box. Or you've been doing one type of painting style and you decide, hey, I'm going to do this other one. You, you may have heard of uh, the referred to the Spanish style of finishing. Uh, you see that a lot. If you've ever seen, and if I, I'm mispronouncing his name, I apologize. Daniel Zamarbide uh, did an aircraft FAQ. Absolutely amazing book. Even if you don't build aircraft, buy that book. But I showed it to some friends of mine and they said, they said, yeah, but I hate that style. I'm like, you're missing the point. If you can master that style or even come close to it, it expands your skill set so much. So sometimes it's not even, okay, let me quit building aircraft and let me start building Gundam. It's, hey, let me let me try a style that I've never done before. I used to look at Machining Krieger and I didn't know that I was looking at the classic way to do it, the Ko Yokoyama way to do it. And I looked at that and I thought, that is the worst, that is the most awful painting I've ever seen. And I didn't understand what I was looking at. And then I got to know Lincoln Wright and I started looking at it. And one time he mentioned, I don't remember what the, what the, the context was, but he said, Western modeling is like realism painting and Japanese modeling is more like um, impressionist in terms of its interpretation. And when he said that, it was like a light went off. And I said, well, let me try to paint some models this way. Now, I tried and I, I didn't like the way I did them because I just, I don't know what I'm doing and it just looked awful. But it it pushed me in a way that I never would have been pushed just changing styles. You know, I could have done it just like I would normally do an aircraft or an armor kit. But when all of a sudden you're taking this giant, you know, Bob Ross, you know, two inch brush and putting it in your Mr. Color paints and you're just going pop, 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 like that and brush painting all over it, 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 it really forces you to go, okay, how do, I, how do I make this work? And there's growth in that. There's, there's, there's growth in the hobby. There's growth in what you do and, and you can take that back. So yeah, it's, it's not always shift genre, genre, but maybe I just change whatever I do. You remember that episode of Seinfeld where George concluded that the way to him being successful was to do the opposite of everything he felt like he would normally do, you know, (laughs) and and it's, it's like that, you know, if you think, okay, I'm going to build this tiger tank with everything, if every bit of photo etch and resume on it, I can, you step back and go, no, I'm going to build it out of the box and uh, see what happens. Again, it's going back to what I talked about earlier. Doing that for me has improved the fun. I had lost the fun I felt and making some changes brought that fun back. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really glad that I did that. Yeah, Scott, you could probably talk to this again. We mentioned earlier the Spencer book on the legacy builds. You know, from your review, he 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 really brought up that point that John just illustrated. Yeah, I I really I, I agree with that. You know what I loved about that book by Spencer? It's your typical modeling book in that it has beautiful pictures and great text. You know, most modeling books are either a photo reference or they're sort of a showcase of the modeling talent. This book wasn't that at all. This book was sort of a, a respectful homage to somebody that Spencer considered a dear friend 
number one, which is great. But it was also kind of a, why did I start this hobby? What was I so excited about it? And it's just a great book to kind of recapture that spirit. You know, I don't mean for this to be a commercial for the book, but it's just it's something that I really, it's on my coffee table. It's going to be there for a really long time because it, it reminds us of what John's talking about. You know, 10-year-old John say, oh man, that is so cool. And the models look great. I'm, I'm, I'm not denigrating Spencer's work in any way. It's beautiful work. But in many cases, I know some of those models he built in a single day. And then he painted them in a single day. Whereas, you know, a lot of us, we will take weeks and weeks and months to, to finish one model. And not that one way is wrong and one way is right, but it's nice sometime to come back and remember why we started and where we started from. And like John said, uh, bring the fun back if, if, it's, if it is missing from your modeling. Yeah, we're going to keep the fun train going. I'd call on TJ what what he's done with the group build and and really motivating people to join and and the sense of community there too is is brought a lot of fun to the hobby and you can see it every day there. It's it's an incredible uh place for positivity and encouragement. So he, I think he's doing a fantastic job, you know, carrying that torch that John's talked about. Oh, yeah, totally agree. Doug, we didn't hear from you. What do you want to know? quiet <laughs> <laughs> no when it comes to uh to to having variety i have four like active builds going right now armor aircraft gundam and star wars so i i and they all get built in a different way so so i'm always kind of messing around with something Awesome. Well, well, John, that that was that was great. I really appreciate. It. I got a couple. I got a two part question for you here. So, okay, um, for those people that aren't following your videos, and they should be over on John Bias Scale Models on YouTube, what are you working on currently? And do you have any exciting news or anything coming that you wanted to talk about for 2022 for your channel? Yeah, um, I've got. I don't. It'll probably be just starting about the time. That this will come out maybe a couple of weeks after, but um, I'm going to be doing a four-part series on basic skills, uh, things like chipping and panel lining, and and I'm I'm going to be trying to do it in a little different format in that instead of just showing here's a way to do it, to really talk about multiple ways of doing it and the strengths and weaknesses and which one is easier to do and which one can be more difficult and why it's important to maybe know all of them. One, I think that'll be, I'm hoping that will be some helpful content because that's, that's another one of my goals is to be helpful. I, I've realized I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy, like I've said, that, you know, is going to have the hundred thousand subscribers. It just doesn't, it just ain't going to happen. But if I can be helpful, you know, when I get a comment on a video and somebody goes, Hey, this, this helped me. I didn't know how to do this. Now I do. And this has helped me. So I'm going to have a, a series of four videos doing that. And then in 2022, I'm going to be like I just talked about in terms of like the Spitfire. I want to do an aircraft build and really focus on kind of, okay, since the last time I really built aircraft, what have I learned that I didn't know how to apply then and really focus in on that. And then I'm going to be doing an armored car a World War II armored car, purely because I watch Martin Kovach on Night Shift Scale Modelers, and he makes armor modeling, not that it's not fun, but he makes it look so amazingly fun. And watching him do that, I, I, I'm, I'm going to build one and just kind of 
Okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and be Martin. I, I can't do the cool accent. Uh, I wish I could, but uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going. I'm looking forward to doing that. But I, I really next year want to try and focus in on making sure, being very deliberate that every video is helpful in some way. I want to help with something. You know, I may not focus on the whole video on that one thing, but I want there to be one thing that people are going to be able to come away and go, that was helpful. And then I want to be even more focused on being encouraging. You know, I mean, it sounds goofy, maybe, but I think there's a place for kind of that Bob Ross, Mr. Rogers type encouragement, you know, to somebody to just say, hey, you know, you're having fun. You're having fun. Do it. You know, blues, clues, whatever. (laughs) Have fun with this. And don't worry if somebody tells you it's not looking good. You know, look at it objectively. So that's that's what I want to do. I'm also going to try and paint more minis next year. I am enjoying painting minis. I have been holding back doing videos on them because I feel like I'm not even close to being at the point that I want to get on and say, not that I think what I'm going to do is eventually going to be that great, but I think there's a point where you go, okay, I just watched some guy trying to learn how to paint minis and I didn't really gain anything from it other than he don't know how to paint minis. Um, you know, (laughs) so I've been, I've been working on that on the side and, uh, because I have this, I have this secret dream to be this wonderful mini painter. Cause I just, I'd love that my vision and my, my hands shake, um, will probably not make that happen, but I'm going to be painting some minis next year and, uh, we'll see, we'll see where else it goes. Awesome. Well, that sounds great. And I look forward to the rest of that content. It's going to be terrific and uh, just enjoy what you're doing. Keep it up, keep up the great work and uh, appreciate uh, the way you build people up. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I was just going to say, I I appreciate the way that every time I put something out, you guys share it on social media. That, that means a lot to me. You know, I, I, I think I've said in some videos, I, I struggle with imposter syndrome. You know, I, I always step back and I'm like, okay, it, is it just that I'm the complete idiot in the room and everybody's afraid to tell me? And and maybe I am, but I really appreciate it when, you know, I can look and see who shared my stuff. And you guys consistently do that. You consistently mention my work and it just, it flatters me. It humbles me um, that y'all would do that. So thank you very much for what you do. Yeah, I just want to uh, thank you for your your deep thought videos because some of the advice you give in those videos, I would have to pay a specialist to hear. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it, I really do appreciate, it. and it really goes in. It's like, yeah, that. Thank you, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And those, I mean, I love the modeling stuff, but those deep thoughts things. It's it's always there's always something that precedes that that kind of brings it on, and it's usually something that kind of upsets me, angers me, whatever, and makes me go, I need to do a video about this. And and I just love that I put those out there. And the moment that I hit go live, I'm thinking, this is the stupidest video ever. Nobody's going to watch this. Um, and But then I get positive feedback and it lets me know it's actually striking a chord with people. It may not be thousands and thousands of viewers, but when 10 or 15 people write me and say that really made a difference in my hobby life, that means something. So thank you so very much for that. Yeah, John, I, I'm going to you know turn back the clock, and I remember hearing about you way before YouTube when you and, and I think you still manage it, Agape Models. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, I've had that out there since about 2006. Yeah, so two of my close friends, Dave Kokel and Eric Larson. Oh yeah, yeah, frequented that site way back then, and I remember them uh, talking about how 
positive and motivating and, and just a good community that you had built way back then. So, you know, I just, just wanted to give you that little, uh, that little story. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's been, that's been out there for many years. Um, it's a, it's a, a, a modeling site that combines my love of modeling with my faith, um, as a Christian and just, just tries to be, again, be very positive in it and encouraging. Um, yeah, Eric, Eric, uh, I, he does some great aircraft work. Uh, you you oh, can yeah. see his work from time to time in Airfix Model World, and just just an amazing modeler. But yeah, those are those are great guys, and I I, I love them to death. Hey, John, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great having you again, and we'll definitely be hearing from you soon. Well, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you again in two weeks. So until then, live well, be safe, and most of all, build freaking models. Yeehaw! Nailed it. <laughs> yes. First try. Yes.